T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Good morning, everybody. Saturday morning in the Delaware Valley, along with my pal Mike Sealski. I'm Glenn Macnow on another beautiful November day out there, Mike. It's a balmy 60-something again. Yeah, let's get out and ride bikes, run the path, whatever. Sounds good to me. Drink beer, I'll, all those good things. I'll take it over snow. Yeah, it is. It's been spectacular, and we hope that you spend your next three hours enjoying it with us. So much to talk about today. We will get into all of it, and I want to start kind of here. Kind of reflection, Mr. Sielski. Okay. Uh, we are now a week removed from the World Series. We are two days to the next Eagles game. It has kind of been a long, slow week. Um, let's talk about both those franchises to start the show. And we will, as the show goes on, work in the uh, disappointing 76ers, the surprisingly decent Flyers. We'll get all that stuff in there. we got some great TV recommendations for you, so on and so forth. Big college game last night in Philadelphia. Eagles first. Uh, we are, let me do the math, 58 hours, I think, from Monday Night Football kickoff against the Washington Commies. <laughs> I, 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 I we, you know, it's funny. We were yeah. just talking politics before the show began, <laughs> and based on that conversation, I would have not expected you to drop that term uh, 30 yeah. seconds into the show. Uh, so, first question, easiest question I will ask you all day. Mike, should I have any fear that the 8-0 and Eagles will lose their undefeated status uh, at home Monday night against Washington? Glenn, I think you should have minimal fear uh, because these are the Washington Commanders. This is a team that is unimpressive that the Eagles handled easily the first time they played them this season down in Landover. This is a team that even with replacing its starting quarterback, uh, that starting quarterback being Carson Wentz and now going to Taylor Heineke, is still not much of a threat offensively. Uh, the front seven, a concern because Washington's front seven is very good. Mm -hmm. um, but all things being equal, I would be very surprised if Eagles fans are waking up Tuesday morning despairing because <laughs> the Eagles were now 8-1, and one, having lost on Monday Night Football at home to Washington. I can imagine Angelo at 6 a.m. on that one. <laughs> uh, and I, I guess I agree with you. My worry level, I would say, is a 2 out of 10. Yeah, yeah. And I think we're going to get into this later in the show, but uh, they do have, they being the commanders, do have a couple of elements that in the right hands could 
pose a threat to the Eagles, mm-hmm. um, but I don't think the Commanders are the team to do it, okay. to, to exploit those. Yeah, and I don't know you know, if the long layoff for the Eagles is good or bad. Uh, Tyler Heineke probably gives them a better chance than Carson Wentz. He, he's 2-1. I mean, uh, he beat the Packers and the Colts, so I don't know how that that's impressive. Lost a close one to Minnesota. Their defense is, is averaged by the statistics. Um the good news is they don't they don't run the ball and yeah. they they should they actually have Antonio <laughs> Gibson who's good but they don't run the ball and their turnover ratio is horrible so point spread is about ten and a half Mike Sealski and I think it's going to play right around that number yeah I do too and I, I guess we can get into a little bit of this now although again we'll deal with it later in the show but the front seven of Washington is one of those elements that would give me pause in the right hands against the Eagles. Um, Nobody's been able to slow the Eagles' offense down at all this season, relatively speaking. So um, you're going to need that. If an opponent is going to need that element, a defensive line that can create pressure and go toe-to-toe with the Eagles' offensive line if it's going to to stand a chance of beating the Eagles, um, but Washington just doesn't have enough around that. All right. Well, I'm glad you brought up the Eagles' offensive line because I want to just take a moment now to pay tribute to... Probably everybody's favorite player on the Eagles, who is Jason Kelsey. Uh, this week, I was, you know, a lot of uh, websites and uh, papers and so on are doing their midseason all pro teams. And he's the center on all of them. Yep. And it just got me thinking that, think about this guy. He's 35 years old. He didn't make an all pro team till his seventh season in the NFL. Now, this year, he's going to make it, I, I assume, at the end of the year. For the fifth time in his career, he never misses a game. Um, he is a terrific player. And beyond that, he's the ultimate Philadelphia guy. Uh, let's just, you know what, uh, we'll transition to your thoughts by playing. I asked our producer, Kyle Quinn, just get me a Kelsey highlight. I don't know what he's got playing. Just something that personifies Jason Kelsey. Now there's a fight breaking out. <laughs> Some pushing and shoving. The diggies are going after Jason Kelsey. Hey, listen, you're going to spend all that energy. You need to do it when you have a chance to win the game. Do it trying to win the game. It's just frustration because you're getting blocked all over the field. Great job, Jason Kelsey. Run him out of the building. (laughs) Nice job, Kyle. Well done, Kyle. Well done. So let me hand it off to you. So I would... Let me approach Jason Kelsey and who he is as a person and a player from two different standpoints. You mentioned... The fact that he's basically getting better and better the older that he gets. One of his biggest strengths as a player has always been his intelligence. Every coach he's ever had has talked about how smart he is on the field. And I think that tracks with what we're seeing in his career. Remember, he was a sixth-round pick. So just to stay on the roster and be a starter early in his career, you got to be smart. Just to play that position of center, you got to be smart. Well... What happens as he continues with his career? In a phrase that our friend Brian Baldinger likes to use, his bandwidth expands. He gets more and more experience. He sees more and more things. He remembers what to do in certain situations. And a very good player at age 28 becomes a great player at age 31 Mm -hmm. for all the experience and information he can now download in a moment's notice. As a person... This summer, I was in CIL City for the event that Jason held um, to support autism research where he bartended at the Ocean Drive. And 
what stuck out to me about that event and Jason's kind of place in it was the comfort the, that he has with the average person in the Philadelphia area. Yes, I will shotgun a beer. Yes, I will shotgun cheap beer. And I will enjoy it every bit as much as the people around me at this event will enjoy it. Uh, there's no airs. It's not a it's not a persona. Because the word persona implies that there's something even a little bit fake about it. Yeah. And there's nothing fake about it. And I think people pick up on that and respect that and, and enjoy that, I guess, about no, Jason. Nicely said. He's the ultimate Philadelphia guy, which I know is a phrase that we overuse in this town so much, and it can mean so many things, but he really is. He's mm-hmm. the guy who came here who has a chance to be the most popular athlete in the history of the town, both because of his play. It doesn't work unless you have both, right? right. So he's got both. And the parade and the mummer outfit and the playing saxophone with the people and the Batman thing that mm-hmm. he wore the other day. And as you said, he is genuinely nice and engaging to people. This week on Twitter, he's great on Twitter, by the way. Yes, he is. If Twitter survives the next month, which <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll find out. Um, he did this dissertation on the best fast foods, which is like great. It's like, I love McDonald's sausage sandwich. Not a lot of athletes are going down exactly. to that, right? Yeah. And he does. Um, and the lack of merit in boneless chicken wings, which, by the way, I entirely agree. Yes. That boneless chicken wings are not chicken wings. They're chicken fingers, but there you go. And so he gets into these passionate arguments, again, all in jest, but really having mm-hmm. a good time, with just fans who write in like, no, Jason, I love the boneless chicken. And he engages with people on all platforms. I've seen him run into people in public, mm-hmm. as you did at this event, and he's just a guy who likes yep. people. Yeah. I asked him about that. Like, what was it or what is it about him or his background that allows him to do that? And one of the things he mentioned was he grew up just outside of Cleveland in Cleveland Heights. um, And his father worked in a steel mill. So there's an element of connection in background with a lot of people in the Philadelphia area. That's part of it. Uh, The other thing is I think he just likes stuff that a lot of people like. Yeah. You know, and that down-to-earthness... And didn't grow out of it. Exactly. And that down-to-earthness really is that point of connection. You know, we we talk about who the most beloved athletes in Philadelphia history might be, and the two I always go to are Chase Utley and Brian Dawkins. But both of those guys had an element, as great as they were, and, you know, on the field and off, there was an element of almost esteem and a slight bit of distance you had to have. Definitely with Utley. Yeah, around them. Um, Jason breaks those walls Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah, Utley, for everything he was, I respect him, having a beer with Chase Utley would probably not be the time of your life. Probably not, no. Although... Unless he really loosens up in ways we haven't seen. In fairness, Chase, whenever you dealt with him in a baseball setting clubhouse post game or all that was very professional all about business yes and that's kind of what i'm saying yeah that's it not it, a bad guy in any way but very professional very baseball chase Utley was here and and again it's gonna sound like i'm ripping i don't mean to but he was for here for a decade and other than world bleeping champions he didn't really say much that was interesting right but that's that's kind of my point is that yeah i don't know what chase utley is like away from the field he may be a great hang right because, be, well because he kept that and that's then right. that's fine i'm not disrespecting that but kelsey by the way here's what kelsey said about boneless chicken wings because this is important he wrote there is no such thing as a boneless wing it's nonsense 
Show me those boneless winged chickens. <laughs> it's just clever marketing for people who are afraid to get their fingers dirty. Boneless chicken wings are just chicken meat balls fried and covered in sauce. I appreciate Jason Kelsey. He's great. <laughs> Cue the okay. Lee Greenwood singing God Bless the USA. <laughs> it's a brilliant thing. Uh, 215-592-9494. All right, let us transition into the Phillies. Free agency has begun. Um, we agree they're going to go hard to improve. John Middleton had this team in the World Series, and he's not done, correct? Correct. Okay. Correct. He's still chasing that bleeping trophy. He is still chasing that bleeping trophy. By the way, Bryce Harper said this week, Dave Dombrowski is our guy. John Middleton understands we want to win. And we want to win, and he wants to win right now, too. So I imagine we're going to be the same team with more pieces that make us much better. Um, your colleague, David Murphy, wrote a good piece on this this week and reminded me that since signing Bryce Harper in the last off seasons, the Phillies added Zach Wheeler in 2019, JT Realmuto after 2020, and Schwarber and Castellanos before last year. Mm-hmm. Big splash every year. Yes. Going to do it again? I think so, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Oh, short, I, I think shortstop is where they're looking. I, I, I don't see how you could uh, approach their offseason from any other perspective. They let Gene Segura walk away. There have been open discussions about moving Bryce and Stott from shortstop to second base to open that position up. And you see the available talent out there now, whether you were talking about Trey Turner who Bryce Harper has already said is his favorite player. Hold on. As you mentioned that, I just happened to have this. This was Bryce Harper when he was injured during the year and doing broadcasts, which, by the way, he was excellent at. Somebody, I remember when that happened, people were like, you think that's his future? It's like, that's not really an economic uh, no, plan. I don't think but, so. but here's what he had to say to reflect your thoughts. Go. Uh, but Trey Turner, he's my favorite player in the league. Not even close. That's a heck of an endorsement right there. Um, so, I, yeah, I, and there have been reports coming out of the GM meetings this past week that the Phillies are the front runners to go get Turner. Mm-hmm. I think he would be a terrific fit, uh, especially in a lineup that needs more contact. Turner's a terrific player anyway, but he is uh, above the league average in putting the ball in play. He strikes out about 18% of the time. League average is 22%, and this lineup needs a hitter like that. But even if something were to happen where the Phillies weren't going to get him, you still have Carlos Correa just opted out of his contract. Love him. With the Minnesota Twins. Love Carlos Correa. Xander Bogarts is Love a free him. agent. Dansby Swanson yes. is a free agent. Steal him from Atlanta. Yeah. Can so, we get all of them? <laughs> I love Get them. some of those pitchers, too. I love too. all of them. Um, well, leave the pitchers for now. The shortstops. So you just mentioned four really primo shortstops, yes. right? They're probably four of the six best shortstops in baseball right now. All of them are between 28 and 30 years old, so age is not a factor in all of them. Figure whoever you get, you're going to sign to six, seven, eight-year deal, right? Right. Okay. Yes. You may overpay at the end. That's the way it works. Mm-hmm. You can't worry about that right now, okay? Is there an order for you? Is there a clear top and bottom for you among Trey Turner, Carlos Correa, Xander Bogarts, Danby Sw- Dansby Swanson? I would, Swanson. I would put... Turner and Correa, kind of one and one A. Oh, and I'll, you could almost flip flop them. I love Correa. I I love do Correa. too. I did not anticipate you would uh, be as wise as this. Yeah, <laughs> um, don't get me wrong. I love Trey Turner as well. Um, but you know, you could flip a coin with those guys, and I think either one would fit in splendidly 
on this roster and in this line. All right, we agree too much. Let me see if our producer, uh, Kyle, you got these four shortstops, top, bottom, any of them, what do you think? Yeah, I, I would be all in on Trey Turner. I mean, he fits pretty much everything that the Phillies need right now in terms of defense and offense. He'd be a great clubhouse guy because, as you heard, Bryce Harper – Loves the dude, uh, former teammates in Washington. So, yeah, I mean, you add Trey Turner, you could probably put him at leadoff where he naturally belongs, and your lineup makes a little bit more sense. Your defense makes more sense. I, I mean, I think Trey Turner makes his team a so much So you like him head and, head and shoulders above the other guys? Yeah, I okay. think I would I would put Bogarts as my as uh, next. next okay. Interesting. Okay. All right, I'm Turner, Correa, Bogarts, Swanson. And by the way, if they got Dansby Swanson, I'd be thrilled. He was the starting shortstop on a world yes. championship team. Yes. I'll take that every day. Yes, and they're going to get one of them. Right. I right. think people are fixated on Turner, and that's great, and I think they probably have the best chance to get him. Mm-hmm. But if it doesn't happen, it's like, oh, man, they got Carlos Correa. Like, don't. Don't be upset about that. It's going to be great. They're going to get one of these guys. And, and not to get ahead of ourselves here, Glenn, but you think about next season. Assume you get one of those guys, which yeah. I think is pretty safe. Yeah. Think about how that stretches the lineup out. You know, we haven't even reviewed the World Series to think about how top-heavy the production in the lineup got to be over yeah. the course of the playoffs. And you think about the bottom part of that lineup where Segura... Got some big hits, but was kind of out of gas by the end. Uh, and Stott was struggling yeah, a little and by bit. by the way, as Gene Segura leaves, I do toast his absolutely. contribution. I, I don't want any of this to be seen as a disrespect to what he did to, for the franchise. No, absolutely not. Um, but was not a uh, an extra base slash power threat by the end of that postseason yeah. in the way he had been. And not as good a defense as these guys. Exactly. And, I mean, and, you know, he's... Right. We agree. Yeah. We like it. Yeah, but go for it. He's Dave a second Dombrowski. Baseman, and now you're getting a shortstop, a gold glove shortstop. Yeah. Whatever Dave Dombrowski's going to do, go do it. By the way, I did this. Uh, I did the. I looked. I did the work. I looked at Baseball Reference. That's how I did the work. <laughs> <laughs> Trey hey, Turner. You, you just find the right tool and let it work for yes, you. Yes, Trey Turner. Over in his career, over a 162 game uh, season, has averaged 114 runs scored, 24 home runs. 45 steals. They haven't had anybody like that since Jimmy Rollins. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what else it would do? It would end that silly debate we had all year about whether Kyle Schwarber ought to be leading off. Yes. Yes. It, yes. Yes, it would. You know, thank God for small favors. Yes. And Correa, 28 years old, same power, gold glover. Not as durable. That's the problem with him. Uh, Densby Swanson, maybe less likely to move. I'd take him. Bogarts, last five years, average 27 home runs. 300 batting average, uh, 880 OPS. This is They're going to get one of these guys, and we're going to be excited. All right, last thing, I want to grab a call here in this first segment. Should they invest? Are there any free agent pitchers that you say, you know what, I'll invest in this guy? You know, I'm not sure. I mean, they have these prospects in their system that I would probably rather see get a shot. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're talking about Andrew Painter, for instance, someone yep. like that. Painter or Abel, both. Yeah, yeah. Um, g- give him a chance. Let's let's. You you've seen what other teams can do, based on the mentality and the maturity of a young guy. You know, the the Phillies beat up um, Spencer Strider, for instance, in Game Three. But boy, he was really no, freaking good year. for the Braves. Yeah. So if they can, if they feel comfortable doing that, I'd rather see that. Yeah, a lot of people want Rodon. I think he's going to get overpaid. I think I would avoid that. He's not that durable. The one guy I would look at, and it's not a big. I think he'd get like a three-year deal as Tyler Anderson, the lefty from the Dodgers, who had a very good year, and you could probably get. And I would be happy with that. Yeah, um, and it gets a lefty in the rotation yeah. in addition to Ranger. So that's good. yeah. 
Yeah. All right. Let's work in a call here. Morris in Haddon Heights is first off today. How you doing, Morris? Hey, how you doing? I, I got to tell you, the WIP is the only sports talk station in the country where the weekend staff is as good as the weekday staff. Oh, uh, you're very kind. Thank you, Morris. Thank you. I got to tell you, I enjoy, really, really enjoy listening to you guys. What, what I wanted to bring up was that uh, one of the most examined and uh, under a microscope, everything was Jalen Hurts. The guy before this year, the guy got diced and sliced everywhere you can see it. Most people would have collapsed under that pressure like his predecessor, for instance. And the guy just played it through. And uh, I admire the way that he reacted to it. Um, a lot of the stuff that they criticized him for wasn't even his fault. He just stayed the course, got the respect of his teammates, and this year is getting the job done. Yep. And under a great, great, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, I mean, uh, last year at this time we were all talking about trying to get Russell Wilson and all these other guys. He kept his mouth shut, didn't say anything. Didn't, it's it's a real pleasure for it to have a guy that— To have a quarterback who acts like a man? Is that what you're suggesting? <laughs> I Listen, I think it's very well said, and thank you for the call. And let the record reflect, I was not on the Russell Wilson bandwagon. I didn't think that was a good idea. Along with Mike Sealski, I'm Glenn Mack, now 94 WIP. Hey, let me just uh, throw out, this is the first time we're going to announce this uh, big event we are setting up for all of your holiday shopping needs. I think Hanukkah starts, I think, December 18th this year. Christmas, of course, the 25th. And uh, we want to we wanna give you the opportunity to buy the appropriate present for your sports fan in your life. So... We are planning a uh, holiday gift extravaganza. Those are my favorite kind of extravaganzas. Yes, I'm sure they are, uh, which is going to be at the Puller's Kitchen and Tap, one of my Conshohocken Brewing Company places, 3 to Calp Street in Bridgeport. We'll get more information out on this as we continue to um, firm it up, but it is going to be Wednesday, December 7th, in the evening, like 6.30 to 8.30. Again, we'll, we'll work out those details. But write that day in your calendar right now, Wednesday, December 7th, in the evening. It's going to be a book sale and signing. Ray Dinger's going to be there with his book. Mike, you're going to have your Kobe book. You're going to have any of your other books as well? I will have uh, my other my second book, Fading Echoes. Terrific. It's about high school football. Yes, great book. Okay. Uh, Zach Berman is going to be there with his Eagles book. And the nice people from Shibe Sports are going to come and they're going to sell those great T-shirts and the throwback merchandise that they sell. And I also lined up a guy, Havertown guy, Carl's Cards and Collectibles, is going to come out with signed memorabilia. So, great night to start the holiday shopping, Wednesday, December 7th. Uh, hope to see you there. All right, Mike Zilski, I'm going to pick the genius of your brain right now. That should take about a second and a half. I think you will be able to answer this very quickly. Okay. Um... And I and I this none of anything that I say should be construed as criticism of any other host on ninety four WIP because I respect and admire all of them and I listen to the station all the time, uh, but I also believe that the nature of the business is that sometimes we engage engage in inane arguments. Okay. I, I get I agree. it. I used to have to fill twenty eight hours a week. <laughs> there are times when it's like, all right, what are we going to do? However, this week. On 94 WIP, too much oxygen was spent on what I consider the single dumbest argument I have heard in my 
29-plus years at the station. Mike Sielski, what was the dumbest argument that was focused on way too much this week? All right, we did not discuss this We did not. We deliberately did not. Before getting on the air this morning, my educated guess will be that the dumbest discussion on the airwaves this week was, would it help the Eagles to lose a game this season? Mike, you couldn't be more... Correct. Aha. Yes. 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 Let me hand it to you because I'm argue, I'm at home arguing with the radio as, as, <laughs> as and, and some of our hosts took that position. Yeah. I, I, look, there's a phrase that I use a lot, Glenn, when when talking about and describing the mood in Philadelphia sports and the culture often, which is that. Philadelphia sports fans and many media members often spend a lot of time looking to the sky for the anvil or the safe that's going to fall on their heads. Ooh, a little roadrunner. Yeah, exactly. A wily and, coyote. And this is one of those discussions that reflects that, I feel like. Um, no, I don't think it will benefit the Eagles to lose a game. Uh, you, as Herman Edwards, great former Eagles cornerback, once said, you play to win the game. And they are 8-0. Uh, looking at their schedule right now, they're probably going to be favored to win every single game. If they are, if somehow they manage to go 17-0, and and I don't think they will, they'll have two weeks off to rest before their first playoff game. Uh, to me, there's no benefit in saying, oh, okay, well, the pressure would come off. Um, no, they, sh- they should try to win, and there's going to be nothing good coming out of them losing a game. A couple things. Um, I generally agree with 90% of what you said. Uh, I have no interest in them losing a game. They'll probably lose a game. Yeah, of course. They're not halfway there. There are games that can be... Tennessee, I think, is going to be a tougher game because they can't stop the run. That's going to be an interesting one. Playing in Dallas Dallas, Christmas Eve is tough. Beating the Giants twice might be tough. There's some games Mm -hmm. looking ahead where, like, yeah, they're probably going to lose one. However, I see, like you, I see no benefit to, like, Oh, we lost. Now we don't have to worry about that. Now we can win the Super Bowl. It's not an either or. Right. And I heard part of the argument is, well, look what happened to the Patriots. The Patriots are so hung up on going undefeated that when they they, they, they lost, and then it, no one that one does nothing to do with the other. I heard another argument that says if you look at, I'm going to try to get this correct. I think it is the last undefeated team in the NFL over the years. None of them has won the Super Bowl. In something like ten years, mm-hmm. that's not a trend. That, that that doesn't mean anything, right? That's that. Th- there's no correlation between those two things. So I agree with you. Here's where the challenge comes, and this might be where we may disagree. Let us say, oh God, now I'm being trapped into the argument. <laughs> I'm falling into what I described we as are the dumbest having argument. The dumbest ever. argument. In no, no, sports. this this is. We'll, we'll sign off it with this. Let okay. us let us say that they they're fourteen and zero and they've wrapped it all up mm-hmm. and then they got uh, they they're actually they're fifteen and zero because they got seventeen games. They play game sixteen. I don't remember who it's against. Okay, that might be a Giants game. Yeah, uh, and they've wrapped it all up and now you know you get the number one seed and we know the inclination of this coaching staff, which is. We're not going to play guys in positions where they may get hurt. Look at what they did in the preseason. Nobody mm-hmm. plays. We got it wrapped up. We're resting everybody. Would you play those guys for the sake of immortality? Taking all the caveats out of it, you know, for instance, uh, think about 
2004, when they were 13-1 and and they sat the starters the final two games, they did that in part because Terrell Owens had already been injured. Assume for the sake of argument that they are healthy. You absolutely go for it. You are going for it. You absolutely Oh, I see the column. I see the Sealski column. What is Nick Sirianni doing? No, no. He won't. He will not. Well, here's the thing. Preseason is different from 15-0 and and chasing immortality. And and I made this point on another um, discussion program yesterday. In Philadelphia, we often think about memorable sports years in terms of just championships alone and maybe... Did our team win? How close did our team come to winning? The mm-hmm. Eagles in 17, the Phillies in 08, 1980, all of those things. You know what one of the most memorable years in Philadelphia sports was? 2010. You know why it was memorable? Ooh, ooh. Uh, that was the Flyers comeback. The year. Flyers came back from a three games to yeah, none was, deficit, which it only good. happened two or three times yeah, in was, NHL that was, that was memorable. Roy Halladay threw a postseason no-hitter. Oh, yeah, I was there. Yeah, it was great. The Eagles came back and won the, the NFC East in... in Large part because of a game in which they were down thirty-one to ten to the New York Giants yeah, and came yeah. back and won. Deshaun. No, none of those three teams won a championship that year. Yet that was one of the most enjoyable seasons mm. in Philly sports history. The pursuit of immortality, of going unbeaten, would get this town charged up. Mm. You and I just pa- just parted ways. Okay, which is fine. Okay. I guess the dumbest argument in the history of the world certainly gave us fodder for discussion. Hey, you know, and it's going to get people wanting well, to, to Ro- weigh Ro- in. I Robert think. is one of them. Hello, Robert. How you doing? Guys? All right. Hey, Robert. I'm kind of, I'm, hey, Mike. I kind of was like you in this sense, Glenn. I was listening to it, and I didn't really understand it, you know, wanting to lose on purpose so that we can get rid of that. But yeah. one thing I do disagree with, in a loss, if a team is schemed for you and they've been successful on something, I think in that sense, you know, you don't want to lose – but there could be some benefit in the fact that, you know, they, something that might be a weakness could be exposed that you could have time to work on prior to the playoffs. So that's where I see a positive maybe if there is a positive and a loss, not that you wanted to lose, but that you can learn from it. I, I think that's a great point, Robert. Um, it allows for a team to self-scout and to self-kind of reevaluate. Where are our soft targets? Are there patterns or habits that we've gotten into that we haven't picked up on and that our opponents are picking up on? And look, it's going to get harder and harder, I think, for the Eagles to win games, obviously because the pressure will ramp up, obviously because opposing teams will have more film to study and look at and find those soft targets, uh, and also because, let's be honest, the system that they're running, offensively anyway, is pretty unique in the NFL. And so the more opportunities that opposing teams have to study it, the longer they have to study it, the more uh, weaknesses they're liable to find. I, I agree. Hey, can I just real quick uh, switch gears real quick? I wanted to get your guys' opinion. The other night we saw Johnny Gaudreau come in. I'm from Sewell, mm-hmm. New Jersey. Uh, Johnny Gaudreau come in and really do a great job. I mean, Columbus is not off to a good start, and now they've lost Zach Warinsky, which isn't even going to be, you know, that's a, so bad for them there. Yeah. But, you know, do, do you feel like, and, I, and we said, oh, we could never have had Johnny Gaudreau. Do you feel that Fletcher's done a good job and that we, there was a possibility we could have made a move? I know he spent money on D'Angelo and these guys. Yeah. But, I, I do not think that Fletcher has gonna, done a good job. Um, and we're going to talk about the Flyers more in the 11 o'clock hour. I mean, surprisingly, they got a winning record now. I don't know if it's an illusion. I think they've been kind of lucky. Carter Hart's been kind of great. I, I think as long as Carter Hart continues to catch bullets in his teeth, they could win the Stanley <laughs> Cup. Yeah. All right. Let's get uh, Jack. Hello, Jack. Hey, guys. Good morning. I, I, I had a question with um, 
with all the Trey Turner rumors swirling around, um, you know how it, it looks like going into next year, the the Phillies are going to have this amazing roster, and and I'm I'm brought back to 2011, uh, where they had a similarly talented roster. They could, you you expect them to make the World Series or at least make the playoffs and do quite well. Mm-hmm. So what I my question to you guys is, how do you avoid um, kind of the letdown in 2011. Hold, you know, how, hold on what, one what second. Hold on. Mike, what was you, that you said about the anvil falling from the sky? That, that, this, this is, is an example this of it. This is it. Jack's that guy. <laughs> you're worried about something that you don't need to worry about. I mean, you, well, you're worried about I, something I, that I, is impossible to anticipate, I guess is what I'm saying. Well, from an analysis question, here, here the, 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 the question I really have is, where do you see um, the, the contrast between a future you know, Phillies team with this roster with Trey Turner and what eventually happened with the 2011 Phillies, which was kind of this, this kind of spectacular catastrophe? Would you have expected the 2011 Phillies to have gone farther and they just underperformed? Or did uh, this year's Phillies roster just overperform beyond your wildest dreams. Well, the, I would thing- I would say this, Jack. I think if you look back at the 2011 roster, there were a couple pretty significant holes in the lineup. Remember, Jason Worth had left before that season began. And so the Phillies' plan going into that year, if I remember correctly, was we're going to get production from Ben Francisco and John Mayberry, and we're going to kind of make do in the outfield. Uh, and that'll be enough because we have this incredible pitching staff. And as it turned out in that divisional series against the Cardinals, with the exception of Game 1, the Phillies didn't hit in that series at all. And then, of course, you had what happened in Game 2, where they hand Cliff Lee a four-run lead, and the Cardinals start flaring signal, s- signals singles all over the place. And before you know it, they're up 5-4, and the series is tied. So I, I think the difference this time around is the lineup, assuming you add a top-notch shortstop, a top-notch offensive shortstop, is going to have so much depth um, that you wouldn't run into that problem. You might have some other problems in the rotation and the bullpen, depending on how those shake out. 215-592-9494. Hey, fall is upon us. It's that time of year again to consider replacing your old drafting windows and doors before another cold winter season rolls in. Now, when I need a company to help me with these home projects, I turn to the experts. The great people at Guide a Door and Window. Act now. You receive 20% off all windows and doors. Plus, Guide will allow you to start your project today with no money out of pocket and take up to three years to pay it off interest-free once the job is expertly installed. So, you'll be able to start enjoying all the benefits of new, highly energy-efficient windows and doors, including an increased comfort level of your home and lower monthly energy bills, all while taking advantage of 20% savings and having the luxury of paying off your project with 0% interest for up to 36 months. But you got to act now. Offers are limited time only. Restrictions apply. For full details, call Guided to... T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. 
Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. No, those are so stupid. Mike Sielski, Glenn Mack, now Saturday, 94 WIP. We appreciate everybody listening, and we're about to give you the opportunity to win a prize today. We've got our $50 gift card to Shy Vintage Sports, where there's a story in every stitch. Visit their new location at Wayne and Lancaster Avenues in downtown Wayne or at shybsports.com. I told you they're going to be part of our uh, holiday extravaganza at the... Um, Butler's Tap and Kitchen uh, in uh, Bridgeport, Wednesday evening, December 7th. Everything to get uh, your sports fan. But today we're giving away the $50 gift card. And here it is. And I'm basing this off of a column that you wrote, Mike Sielski, that uh, I know it hit the website today. Is it in the physical Sunday paper? It will be, yes. Okay. Tell me what uh, the nature of this is. So I wrote a piece about the guy who I think has been the Eagles' unsung hero this season. Mm-hmm. And that gentleman is, drumroll please, Kyle. I said, drumroll please, Kyle. No. Got to give him a little notice no, on that. No, I need it now. Um, no, Zach McPherson, um, who has been the best performer on what has been the worst performing unit that the Eagles have had all season, which is special teams. Uh, but he's been terrific, and he's made some big plays Throughout the season, uh, recovered an onside kick, for instance, week one against the Lions that preserved the Eagles' two-point victory, made a terrific tackle uh, in the Texans game a week ago Thursday uh, to turn a 47-yard punt into a 49-yard net, saved uh, a punt from going into the end zone, allowed the Eagles to down it within the f- inside the five-yard line against the Steelers, uh, and you know it was a fourth-round draft pick, somebody who maybe you thought might possibly turn out to be a starting corner, maybe a slot guy, and instead has made his mark on special teams and has been really, really good there and has really, really embraced mm. the role. Okay. Uh, the, interesting. And, um, I mean, the special teams are horrible, but he's the guy playing well and right. thus unsung. And I, and it got me thinking, unsung. I So after you told me about this yesterday, I posted on Twitter who is the all-time unsung athlete in Philadelphia history. And let me just take a quick look at the number of responses I got because they were piling in, my boy. <laughs> now, now we there's your drum roll. Now you get the drum roll. Uh, I got as of this morning one thousand and twenty-five names. That, that's incredible, but yeah. it does speak to. I don't know if we had that many athletes. Yeah, it does speak to kind of um, the popularity of this topic, and I think the reason 
that it is so popular is that it's the kind of thing that Philadelphia sports fans identify with. Mm-hmm. The underdog, the guy who comes out of nowhere or who you don't All right. look at first and foremost as key to success. Okay, so you're kind of going where, like, let's define this. Yeah. Okay? Because some of the ones I got for people who said were unsung were like, nah, he was pretty sung. He was pretty sung. Yeah. <laughs> All right? So by your definition, starting with Zach McPherson, by the way, he's so unsung I had to look up how to spell his name. Yeah. It's it's pronounced Zach, but it's Z-E-C-H. Right. And McPherson's got like an extra A in it. It's, yes. There's a lot going on in his name. That is correct. Define unsung hero. I would say... An athlete who, when you think about a team that had, you know, a good amount of success, good high level of success, doesn't immediately leap to mind, mm-hmm. but was a key factor and part of the reason that team did so. I like that. That's a great definition. All right. So give me one. I'm going to give you which I, the guy I think is the key. Okay. The king. Uh, got the game-winning hit in the 2008 World Series. Played two years for your Philadelphia Phillies, and they made the World Series both years and won one year. How about that Pedro Feliz? Pedro Feliz. Yep. Third baseman. Yep. Yeah. That's a good one. That is a good one because you will think of 10 or 12 names before you'll come to him. All right. I'll give you one. I'll go uh, Super Bowl Eagles. Okay. And I will go with a guy who, as well, very short time here, contributed in a huge way in that, to me, he turned around that NFC Championship game with one play, Patrick Robinson. Good one. All Good right. One. Kyle, your turn. Yeah, so uh, instead of saying it, I will introduce my player with a highlight. Ooh, it's a Second and ten. Holds back again. He's looking. He's looking. He's pumping. He is going deep. And is it a touchdown? I'm awaiting the signal. It is. It is touchdown. It goes all the way down. A 22-yard touchdown to Clement. Corey Clement. Are you saying Nick Foles was an unsung hero, Kyle? <laughs> I, I purposely cut it out before he said it was a great throw by Foles so as to not confuse anybody because Foles was uh, was sung about a lot. Yes, Corey Clement is a good one. Very good uh, one. And a local guy and a popular guy, but yes. And a Cowboys fan. Yeah, well, all right. We, we, we Nobody's perfect. That. Probably not anymore. Um, I like these. These are good, and I like this topic. So here's how this works And this is how you save our producer, Kyle Quinn, from going crazy today. We don't give away stuff a lot. And one of the reasons is because uh, people who just call up to win a prize turn us off. Yes. So call us up with, listen, we've had great calls already today. Our first hour has been jam-packed with them. Give us a great topic of anything we're talking about or anything that's on your mind. And at the end, we will ask you. If you act, actually, Kyle will put up an asterisk on the thing so we know if you have one, and we will ask you to give us your unsung hero, and somebody gets a $50 gift card to Shy Vintage Sports. We said that pretty plainly, right? Yeah, I All think right, it's, there you go. couldn't be clear. All right, let's go. Gary in Wissanoming's been uh, hanging for a while. What's going on, Gary? Or why are you missing? Hi, this is Gary. I don't yes. why I'm missing. Yes. How are you? Good. Hi, Gary. Good. I wanted to talk about. Uh, the hole in center field that we have, I, I honestly believe it's a larger hole than what we're, mm. we're talking about in the infield. Hmm. Uh, he's a decent, he's a decent center fielder. Uh, both of them are decent, but they're not great, and neither one is breaking the breaking the walls down as far as they're hitting. So uh, I look at the teams that won the World Series, and I look at the center fielders we that we had on those teams, and. Uh, 
I think you need to be strong up the middle. You need to fill that hole. It's another big hole in the lineup, and uh, nobody seems to be talking about it. That's interesting. I, I don't agree with you. I don't know if Mike does agree with you. I think you've got to give Brandon Marsh uh, a little more time to develop to see what kind of player he becomes. Remember something. He is only 24. Uh, and he when he came to the Phillies, part of the rationale that Dave Dombrowski had for trading for Marsh in particular was that they had scouted him and said, he's not hitting with the Angels, but we think there's more there to be extracted. And as it turns out, there was. He hit about 290, I think. Maybe 288 two, with yeah. an OPS of 773. Which is, I'll, I'll which is pretty that. good. And a couple big home runs uh-huh. in the postseason. So now, again, I, I think we can get into some recency bias here. He had maybe the one at bat that really turned the World Series against the Phillies where he came up with two men on, one out, couldn't put the ball in play. Bad spot for a young player, but... Between Marsh and if you got to keep Matt Veerling to kind of play against some lefties, I don't think that's the worst combination in the world. Certainly better than what they've had in the last five years. And one other thing that plays into it, Gary, is on a team where you're going to have a lot of high-priced players, and we're talking about adding a shortstop at you know $30 million a year, having affordable young players uh, in your lineup um, who won't be free agents for a couple of years kind of benefits you. I guess we like him better than you like him. Well, I think I understand the uh, give him some time part, but I also see a team that's poised to win and uh, having a having a player that can come right in and uh, fill that void while he develops. Uh, uh, that would be my preference. But uh, all right, so let's say you're going to spend money this off season, and you I'll give you three positions, and you can only spend on two: shortstop. Starting pitcher, center field. What's your order? Well, I, if the shortstop that they're thinking of uh, is the possibility, I would definitely go that way. As far as pitcher and center field, I'd have to see who uh, who they get. You mm-hmm. know, who they could get. But okay. uh, both of them, I think, are definitely. Uh, I I definitely believe we need a pitcher. But then, of course, then you're talking talking about these pitchers in. Lehigh Valley and Reading. Yeah. So um, you said give these kids a chance. I uh, did. I did. Okay. So, hey, listen. Uh, I appreciate your, your call, Gary. I don't. I don't agree with you, but that's why it's sports, and that's mm-hmm. why it's fun. I liked Marsh when he came over, and yeah, he had that bad at bat in the World Series, and he probably doesn't project to be a star in the lineup. But you need guys like that. Yeah, you just need guys who play a decent center field. I'm looking over the free agents who would be available this offseason at center field. Are you going to go after Brandon Nimmo, who's a good player, but is going to cost no, you some gonna, money, he's gonna, and he's going to resign with the Mets, yeah, I may, think. I think so, too. Um, he may have already done so. I'm, I'm just going to list some of the names here, okay. and you know you know who's a free agent center fielder? Odubel Herrera. <laughs> <laughs> you know who else is a free no. agent center fielder? Uh. Roman Quinn. No. So no. we've been down this road a yeah, little no, bit. I'm, I'm good with Marsh. I like yeah. him. No, I am, too. I am, too. And you can play, like I said, you can play Veerling against certain lefties, he hit better against lefties this season, much better than he did against righties, so that's okay. And besides, imagine when we next see Marsh in March, he's gonna assuming look, that he doesn't cut his hair or shave between it, now and then. He's going to look like Tom Hanks in the middle hour of Castaway. 
It's going to be great. He's going to be talking to a volleyball out there near Ashburn Alley. It's an interesting look he he decides to go with. 215-592-9494. Give us your best unsung hero in the history of Philadelphia sports. As I said, I got 1,075 suggestions online. We only, we only need about a dozen on they, the They air. can't all be unsung. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mike Sealski, Glenn Mack, now 215-592-9494. Coming up, we'll celebrate. Uh, well, we'll talk about it. I don't know if we're going to celebrate them all. We'll talk about some of the other teams in town right here on 94 WIP. Hey, United Tires Black Friday Super Pricing has arrived. Got some of their best tires at the very best prices now. They're offering up to $120 off select sets of BF Goodrich and Michelin tires now through Cyber Monday. Call or go to unitedtire.com for sale details or stop by your Along with Mike Sealski, I'm Glenn Mack now. Saturday, 94 WIP. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful day out there in the Delaware Valley. It's November. We're getting out. You know the one thing, though? I was looking... Uh, for Monday, because we've got Eagles home game. Yeah. I got that pregame out in front. Temperature's going to drop a tad between yes. now and then. Yes, right now. Hold on. Let me just look at my clock. Right now, it is. I had the windows open this morning. It is 66 degrees as we speak right now. As you speak uh, at 5 o'clock on Monday, it's probably going to be 46 degrees. Monday, high of 49, low of 34. Ooh. Mm, timing's everything. But it'll be sunny, as they say football weather yeah brisk <laughs> whatever it'll be fine looking forward to seeing all the people there at the game all right there were no games last night uh among our teams but our, our excuse me our professional winter teams but mike something happened on north broad street last night let us take you to it it's a, it's a two-point lead 1.1 remaining all right Archie Diacono, hoisted deep, it's intercepted, and Zach Hicks has it, and Temple has the win. 66-64 here at Philadelphia. That is all courtesy of ESPN, and the noise you hear are the Temple students storming the court. (laughs) Good for them. As for the first time in a decade, they beat Villanova. You're a college basketball guy. I know you're a LaSalle guy. I don't mm-hmm. know you have a rooting interest in this, but uh, pretty exciting. It was, and it's good for Temple. They hadn't beaten Villanova since 2012. Uh, had only played them, I think, seven times over that span, I think. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but hadn't beaten them since 2012. Uh, and it's a good thing. I think there has been this kind of latent feeling, maybe not so latent feeling amongst Temple alumni that the program should have been doing better in all the years, in the 15, 16, 17 years since John Cheney retired, uh, that the program should have been approaching the success that it had under John and has too often fallen short of that. And if Aaron McKee can get the program back to being a tournament team, uh, to being relevant in the Big Five, I think that's nothing but a good thing. I think one of the byproducts of Jay Wright's success and his ability to elevate Villanova over the last decade has been that 
he kind of, in a way, destroyed the Big Five because Villanova was so much better yeah, so dominant. Than, than the other four teams that it was kind of like, oh, okay, everybody's playing for second place. By the way, if Jay Wright heard you, he just drove off the road. I destroyed the Big Five? Jay Wright was, I, I know, I he know loves what you're the Big saying. Five. He didn't Jay mean Wright to do it. Jay Wright is such a fan of all Philadelphia yeah. basketball, but yeah. I know what you're saying. He didn't mean to do it, but he did. Um, and if this stokes some rivalries back in within the city, that's all to the better. I do think Villanova... Um, will be fine this season. They've got too many returning players. Um, they could have taken the lead last night, and, and Caleb Daniels, uh, one of those seniors, just missed a bunny right in the lane, and uh, Temple came down, and the kid got fouled and made the free throw. So Villanova's going to be fine, but good for Temple. Very good for Temple. All right, let's get the other two uh, winter teams in for a little bit of conversation. Again, we have that gap. We have no Sunday football game. The Philly season is done after a great run into the World Series. Meanwhile, the, your Philadelphia 76ers are 12th in the East at 5-7. and seven. I know there have been some injuries. I know Joel had an illness, so on. This is disgusting. This ain't good. No. This ain't good in a lot of respects. Uh, foremost of which is that they just look like they're going through the motions. They don't look like they're a team that is inspired to play every night. Now, I know, look, it's the NBA. It's a long season. I get that. But it doesn't even seem that they're hitting the minimum threshold for bringing it on a given night. Mm -mm. And uh, they don't look cohesive in any regard. And my question would be, and it's not an original question, it's one that a lot of people are batting around, is at what point do Daryl Morey and the ownership look at Doc Rivers and say, you know what? We're out of other moves we can make here after our offseason. We signed P.J. Tucker. You know, we made acquisitions yeah, that are supposed but, and, to— And by the way, that's that's not off to a rollicking start No, it's either. not. Um, what else can we do here other than change the coach and see if we can pull a Girardi for Rob Thompson sort of thing? Okay. Well, interesting. So Joe DeCamera had a brilliant observation this week that absolutely stuck with me the moment he said it. Uh, so I want to give Joe all credit for this. He was talking about Joel Embiid, and he said, ultimately, are we going to regard Joel Embiid as this generation's Randall Cunningham? Hmm. In that, it is a guy who had amazing talent, uh, came in with the expectation that he could lead us to championships, puts up terrific numbers, highlights, all-star teams, and in the end, he's never going to get you there. And I think, again, I think Joe, I hope Joe's not spot on mm-hmm. because I hope Embiid does that. But boy, there's, there may be something to that. There may be. Um, you know, not much has been reported about exactly why Embiid has missed all these games. All they've said is basically it's a non-COVID illness. Right. But there's a familiarity to that that I think is concerning to a lot of people. Uh, Whether you go back to the 2019 playoffs against Toronto and he's missing a game because of gastroenteritis or some kind of stomach thing and he's never quite at his best and in tip-top shape physically throughout a regular season or at the end of a season. Uh, I think Joe cares a lot. Joel cares. But I also think that there is a level that the greatest of the greats can go to and do go to that I'm not sure he gets to. That's my fear. And uh, by the way, the other night when they lost to Atlanta, 
He kind of let it be known that he was unhappy with yeah. the coach. You mentioned he was taken out with four fouls in the uh, third quarter, uh, and right after that, the Hawks went on a big run. And his quote was, "I think I'm smart enough not to foul, but I thought that's probably when the game changed." He's right. They went on that run, and we could never get it back. I trust what my teammates and my coaches say, but tonight it just happened to be at the time probably the wrong decision. This has been a complaint with Doc Rivers throughout his career, and especially since he got here, is that a failure to read a particular moment. You know, it's almost the Rob Thompson, Zach Wheeler, Game 6 sort of thing. This has been the case with Rivers throughout his career with the Sixers, is he his substitution patterns and when he plays guys and when he takes guys out and kind of reading the moment of a particular game in, within a particular season, it hasn't been a strength. And I'll be honest, Glenn, I have wondered since Doc got here how truly invested he is in this. He was going to step away from coaching when he left I, the Clippers. I hear you. I agree. You know, and... It's definitely not a high-energy guy. Right, and... Look, he was supposed to be the coach who took the Sixers to the level that Brett Brown couldn't take them. Well, guess what? Doc Rivers hasn't crossed that threshold either. He hasn't taken them anywhere that Brett Brown didn't take them. Uh, So, you know, they're in a tough spot, that franchise. They are. Uh, We'll get to the Flyers in a second. Let me just work one phone call in here. Rory in Haddon Townships. Got thoughts about the Phillies manager. What's on your mind, Rory? Hey, um, um... I like the job Thompson did. This is not a negative call. Mm-hmm. But in game six, when I saw he was substituting Sosa and yep. Ireland, I thought, well, good. He'll substitute for Castellanos in March. And he left Castellanos in there to do nothing. And I like Mick. I think he's a great ball player, and it was a good pickup. But he's hurt. And I think he was hurt all year, and that's why he didn't hit. That's the only problem I had with Well, Thompson he was, and, and to your point, he was hitting well early in the year. It was the wrist, right? Yeah. And then he didn't hit for the rest of the year after. It was a long slump. You it do was. need him to come back next year. Yeah, I hear, uh, listen, I there were times when, um, Rory, I kind of wondered why Castellanos was still in toward the end of the game in defensive situations when maybe Virling was on the bench um, or March was on the bench and you could have brought one of them in. He trusted. Hey, Cassiano's made some great defensive plays, say, but if, if we we know we're that he's rip not Rob Thompson for taking Nick for yeah. not taking Nick Castellanos out for defensive purposes. Boy, we reach peak uh, irony here. Uh, well, and I know he made those plays, but he he can make one play, and to his credit, he can run in on a fly ball, <laughs> slide and catch one, and that's good. Other than that, I'm kind of with Rory here. Well, yeah. yeah, Rory, who is the ultimate role player in Philadelphia sports history? Or unsung hero, excuse on, me. I sent this to you on Twitter yesterday, and nobody knows who this guy is. Joe LaFay was a left fielder on the 1983 Phillies that won the pennant. I think they got him from the Dodgers. He hit 290 that year. He had some big, big hits down the stretch, especially against Montreal when he hit a three-run triple. Not only that, do I remember my... Joe LaFay, but I remember that he spelled his name Lefevre, but right. pronounced it LaFay, which I can't tell you why. It's a decent one. I imagine we'll get better ones than that. This is an easy topic. We're not getting feedback. Well, we are getting feedback, but poor Kyle is in there. People only calling about this. We made that clear, right? We did. Do me a favor. You say it so they'll hear you say it. Please, if you're going to call in with a suggestion for Philadelphia's most unsung hero in sports history, 
please also have something to contribute to the discussion about the Eagles and the Phillies and the Sixers and the Flyers or even Temple Villanova. Right. Because or boneless chicken wings. Jason Kelsey and his preferences for hors d'oeuvres. Right. Um, because <laughs> we're not here just to give away prizes. Thank you. That was very well said. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. There sure. you go. Yeah. Hey, I know when I go away on vacation, he can handle that tough responsibility. All right. We did say we're going to work in the Flyers. Let's work in the Flyers. So here's the story. They're not bad. They've got a winning record, and they're doing a winning record without Ryan Ellis, without Sean Couturier, uh, without Cam Atkinson, without JVR. Well, that might be a blessing. Yeah. I'm not a big At JVR this stage. guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, is it a mirage? or Because they're not really – I don't even know if they make the playoffs, but they're, they're certainly good enough to take themselves out of – we thought, like, hey, they'll be in contention for the – Top pick. Right. That's yeah. not going to happen. They're kind of middle of the road, playing above 500. Is it real or is it Memorex? I think it's Memorex. Yeah. Um, if you look at the numbers and look at the way they have played in a number of games this season, and I joked about this earlier in the show, but it is true. Carter Hart is playing so incredibly well that it's impossible for me to imagine that they are going to be able to keep this up. Uh, right now, his safe percentage, for instance, is .941 which would be a record. <laughs> hey, plus um, it matches the call letters of this radio There station, you go. So he's, that, he's, uh, yeah, he's got a sports radio save percentage, I guess. Um, but he, it's unrealistic to think he'll keep that up. They're not scoring all that much. And generally speaking, with a couple of exceptions, particularly a couple of games ago where they really they played very well in beating the St. Louis Blues, they're getting outplayed, and Hart is winning them games basically by himself. So... I think the difference, Glenn, is that they're a little bit more interesting and fun to follow because they're so young for the most part, and they are playing so hard every night, and it's kind of new and fresh, like, oh, let's see what these young guys have. But all in all, I think this is going to even out over the course of an 82-game season. Yeah, these are not young guys who are prime prospects. Right. They're just kind of young guys who can be role players, but you left out the most important part of the whole thing. Oh, uh, the coach? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have to believe that John Tortorella has got a lot to do with this. He absolutely does. It was, as we kind of discussed at the start of the season, the curse of, oh, you're going to get a good coach when you want to be bad. I'm anti-tank, but I respect the fact that they're, being bad might be to their benefit. Um, it, it seems that for the first time in a while, you have a coach who knows what he's doing and demands accountability from his players. So to me, it's okay. Factors: One, Carter Hart right now. Mm-hmm. Two, John Tortorella. Yes. Three, kind of favorable schedule. Four, some good luck. Yeah, I think that covers it. Um, and you're right about Tortorella. I think you can put a fair amount of success of credit for their success on his plate because he is pushing his team as he usually pushes his teams. He is a very demanding coach. Uh, that can be to the team's benefit. That can also be to their detriment. Sometimes he has worn teams down. I saw it in New York, for instance. Um, but this is a young enough team that they're just gonna they're gonna buy into what he's selling. Do the Flyers this year? Because this is the most we have talked about them since last year, yeah. and probably about as much as we're going to on this show, unless people call up and want to talk about it, which we will. Do they have any hope of breaking through the apathy and getting attention from? The overall Philadelphia, not not the hardcore Flyer fans who are in every game, but you know, it's hard for the Flyers to become part of the 
the landscape that, that is talked about. Yeah, I, I would be surprised at yeah, that. I, I they just too. don't have the top end players to yeah. be able to do that. They don't. They really don't. No. Okay. Yeah, it's too bad. All right, 215-592-9494, 215-592-9494. And yes, we did put that in. I'll put it in again. Give us your ultimate Philadelphia, I keep thinking, saying it wrong, unsung hero mm-hmm. in sports history, and you will win a $50 gift prize to Scheib Vintage Sports. Mike Sealski, Glenn Macnow on 94 WIP. Hey, fall is upon us. It is that time of year again to consider replacing your old drafty windows and doors because another cold winter season is rolling in, actually as soon as Monday. When I need a company to help me with these home projects, I turn to the experts, the great people at Guided Door and Window. Act now. You receive 20% off all windows and doors, plus Guided will help will allow you to start your project today with no money out of pocket and take up to three years to pay it off interest-free once the job is expertly installed. So you'll be able to start enjoying all the benefits of new, highly energy-efficient windows and doors, including an increased comfort level in your home and lower monthly energy bills, all while taking advantage of 20% savings and having the luxury of paying off your project with 0% interest for up to 36 months. But you've got to act now. Offers for a limited time only. Restrictions apply. For full details, call Guided today. Schedule a free, no-obligation in-home. show that Mike Sealski has become engrossed with. So, as you know, Glenn... I'm already in just by that. By yeah, that. as you know, I'm I'm a nostalgic person. I like to uh, revisit things from the past. And the show that I've gotten back into lately in its current form is Unsolved Mysteries, which has gotten a reboot on Netflix. Yeah, now, it was around forever, right? So, I preface this by saying when I was a 12 or 13-year-old kid, I can remember very vividly Wednesday nights television in my home because Unsolved Mysteries would be on NBC from 8, I believe, 8 to 9 o'clock. And I think the Wonder Years would be on the same night on ABC. So those that was a big hey, hey, night of TV. Get in the pajamas, Mike. It's yeah. going to be a big night ahead. Get those footies on and I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> so I loved Unsolved Mysteries. And, of course, you know, the the Robert Stack narration oh, and, the, yeah. and the piano, the, the haunting piano yeah. tinkle and all of that. Um, and they brought it back on Netflix. And it's fun. It's a brainless kind of 45 minutes to an hour that you can waste revisiting a murder case that hasn't been solved and... Sometimes they do these goofy episodes about people who think they're living in haunted houses and that sort of thing. But in terms of the nostalgia and in terms of anyone who might like true crime, and we've talked a lot about that on this show and my fondness for it, uh, it's a fun watch. So I give it three stars out of four on Netflix for the the, the new version of Unsolved Mysteries. All right. Easy to find on Netflix. Good stuff. All right. So my show, my show is going to be a tougher sell than yours. 
Everybody just listening to us now said, like, oh, yeah, I'll check that out. Unsolved Mysteries, I'm good. I'm telling you, the show I am about to see, don't turn up your eyebrow or cock your eyebrow and look away. It's a very good show. It's called Pachinko. Okay. It is an eight-part, one-hour drama on Apple TV+. Plus. Based on a 2017 best-selling novel, which my wife read and loved, story takes place over eight decades, begins uh, right around 1910, ends in the 90s. It centers on the very, very harsh existence of four generations of a Korean family living in fiercely racist Japan, where Koreans Mm -hmm. were second-class citizens relegated to poverty, unable because of politics to return home, have this hard scrabble existence. It juxtaposes two timelines basically, one in which a young woman who's the 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 the, the, the matri- ends up being the matriarch of the family has to find a way across the ocean to provide for her family and then um, the one which is kind of set I was going to say current day but it's the 90s in which her grandson tries to assimilate by uh, working in a prestigious bank Look, I know it's a tough sell. It gets more tough. It's subtitled. Whoa. Yeah, I know. There is a dubbed version, but the voice actors in that come across. Remember those old Japanese oh, monster yeah. movies? I love them. Yes. yes. Well, that's what the, the sometimes the dubbing is good these days. Not so much here. Okay. So you got to deal with the subtitles. Also, the story moves through multiple time tracks, kind of segging, segueing constantly between then and now. So you got to pay attention. It's, you don't sit and watch the thing scrolling through the Twitter on your phone. Um, but it is great drama, and uh, great drama is great drama, and historical drama is great. There's an episode that centers on a 1923 earthquake I didn't even know about. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's very cool. It gets an 8.4 on IMDb. It gets a 97% thumbs up on Rotten Tomatoes. So the people who are watching Pachinko are really liking it. Mm -hmm. I found it because I just Googled what are the 10 best new shows of 2022. I had already watched seven of them. (laughs) So here we go. Let's watch this. Listen, I, and and here's, it's not Squid Game. There's a lot going on with Korean TV these days. Yeah. It's not Squid Game, but it's, it's excellent. It is prestige drama, as they say. So what you're saying is, this is not the kind of show that Jason Kelsey is going to watch while he's plopped on his couch with a big bucket of buffalo wings next to him, but he may, worth, he worthwhile may nonetheless. I don't want to underrate Jason Kelsey, okay. but yes, it doesn't fit that description. Gotcha. And, and I, I'll just add this. I keep recommending shows on Apple TV. I'm not a spokesman for Apple TV, although if that job becomes available, I would be more than happy to, <laughs> to do that. I am sure be, it pays handsomely. Because... Listen, for they just raised it from four bucks a month to six bucks a month, mm-hmm. and in the last couple of months, I have recommended Severance, which was a great show this mm-hmm. year, uh, Slow Horses, a British cop drama, Bad Sisters, best which show you, of the year, you loved it, yeah, my favorite show of the year, Blackbird, which was a compelling dark drama, and Last Days of Ptolemy Gray with Samuel L. Jackson. This makes show number six on Apple TV, Pachinko. Anybody who's looking for a show now, Philly season is over. Eagles play once a week. You need a show. Hey, Unsolved Mysteries sounds like a lot of fun. I certainly think that's a great idea. If you're looking for, and I hate to say prestige because that that, that limits it, right? Yes. But just a really good drama, Pachinko on Apple TV+. Plus. You'll thank me later. TV can be smart and fun at the same time. Yes. And it sounds like the show Pachinko 
is, yeah, it's, is it's, that. It's smart. Yeah. It's not always fun. I mean, the, the earthquake wasn't that much fun. Well, yeah, it depends on your definition of hilarity, I guess. Yeah. Well, anyway, this segment is sponsored by Got a Door and Window. Receive 20% off all windows and doors with no money down, up to three years to pay it off interest-free. Call Got a Door and Window today at one eight seven seven go guida or, or visit them at goguida.com. I know my friends at Guida. They'll be watching Pachinko. Let's get to Aaron in Norristown. You're on with Mike and Glenn. Hello, Aaron. Morning, gentlemen. How are you guys? Hey, Aaron. Hey, guys. Hey, I wanted to talk about the Philly free agency, if I may. Like, uh, Trey Turner's an obvious guy I wanted to see them get. But in terms of pitcher, I know a lot of people are talking about Rendon. But there's an intriguing name that I would like to see them sign and another guy I wanted to get your guys' opinion. Um, first of all, I think besides Rendon, I think Tyler Anderson from the Dodgers is better value and allows us to get more relievers. But how intriguing would it be to get Justin Verlander at, like, two years, $70 million? Mm. And after the way he connected with the Phillies, I think that's actually a connection with the way he with the way he was played off in the World Series. And I think it would be a great story. And obviously he'd be a tremendous pitcher to help carry this team into, you know, with his experience and his ability into the World Series next year. I want to tell your opinion on that. And I had a unsung hero as well. Or well, player. Aaron, I think Verlander would fit in personality-wise in the city without question. Um, yeah, I think it would depend on the Bring length. Bring his of- wife, right? <laughs> Kate Upton. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it would depend on the length of the contract. Yeah, but you know, a year or two, I, I could see it. Um, I, I wouldn't necessarily be opposed to it. No, I, I don't think I would. Okay, you would um, not well, wait. Also, you, I'm sorry, you would or would not be? I would not. No, I would not. I would not. I would spend the money elsewhere. Okay. Um, again, you're going to sign a, sign a shortstop. One of those four shortstops, I would say, highly probable. Mm-hmm. And any of those guys is going to cost a fortune. Yeah, we want to spend John Middleton's money. You mentioned Tyler Anderson, who I, I brought up earlier. I don't know if you heard that. I'm, no, I didn't hear that. Yeah, yeah that, I'm more kind of that level and think that either Painter or Abel is going to come up and help me this year. And by the way, I guess I'm going to bring up an unsung hero, Ranger Suarez. Oh, absolutely. I'm a big yeah. Ranger guy. I I can live with a rotation of Wheeler, Nola, Suarez, Painter, Anderson, and be happy with Suarez that. is the I one— is the one guy who, in Game Six, if you're going to take Zach Wheeler out with one out in the sixth inning, I'm bringing in Ranger Suarez. I'm not bringing in Jose Alvarado. Yeah, that would have been a better deal. All right, Aaron, who is your unsung hero? Well, he's the guy they could probably name the award after the starting forward on the '83 Sixers, Mark Ivaroni. Interesting. Um, Ooh, I, I, that appears to be a, a qualified no. From here's the thing. Team. Here's the thing, well, Aaron. Yeah. Um. Not a great player. I mean, just kind of there along the for the ride. They don't, they, don't win, they don't win the championship without him because Bobby Jones can't start. So he has to play, and he actually, like, he literally, like, literally stabilized that team. And, I, I, I kind of with, off. yeah, I'm kind of with Mike here. He was kind of a body. I, I always heard he, a story he, he, about like, Mark Ivaroni. the first eight minutes and get him the hell out of I, there. I always heard a story about Mark Ivaroni that he once entered a game with his shorts on inside out. Um, you know, which is hard to do when they have a drawstring. Um, so, uh, I don't know. Just for that reason alone, I'm skeptical of Mark uh, Ivaroni. We, we, we may get better than Mark Ivaroni and Joe LaFay. I we hope might. so. We might. I may give it to me for Rangers Suarez. I have a whole list of them here. I and do. I have 1,057 that I, people sent me yesterday. I am not above taking this gift card from our listeners and spending it on myself. There you go. Uh, Mike Ian Yardley, you're on with Mike and Glenn. Hey, how you doing, guys? Great. Hey, Mike. Hey, um... I told the producer, I'm kind of uh, 
unwilling to try to second guess the moves of Dombrowski in the, the hot stove league. You know, it just he, he's done such a good job this year. You know, the idea that you'd be switching people around, yeah, well, I'll trust him to do it. But, boy, I wish I had stronger suggestions, but I really don't. Now, I agree with you, Glenn. I wouldn't be going after Verlander. I, I think our starting pitching is remarkably good right now. Well, I want one more. No, don't get me wrong. I want oh, yeah. to add a starting pitcher, but uh, oh, yeah. two yeah, years, no. $70 million for Verlander doesn't seem to move to me. Yeah, and Painter looked so good. You know, I think you need to get him up next year and see what he can give you. If you make him the fifth starter and you see him every sixth day or so, that uh, I think that that's the right move. He needs to see big league hitters. And, uh, you know, he might be it. He really might be it. So, and if you don't give him a chance, it's much the same way I feel about Marsh. Marsh has made such improvement as an offensive player in the two months that we had him. You know, he might really develop much more than people give him credit for. And I don't, and he's not a liability in the outfield. No, so, no, he's good in the outfield. He's, he's a good glove. Yeah, I mean, the, the shortstop, yeah, I can see that. If they're going to get rid of Segura and move Stott over to second, that would make sense. But other than that, you know, I'm, I'm afraid to make a suggestion of what they ought to do. The other thing is, is that, you know, I'm not disappointed with the team at all. I'm disappointed that they didn't win the World Series, obviously, but that Astros team is really a good team. And it is no shame losing to them. They didn't lose to anybody in the playoffs but the two times they lost to the Phils. So I, I think we're in a much stronger position than maybe some of the neighbors. It was a really it was a really good run and they are poised to be good for years to come. Who is your unsung hero? My unsung hero is my favorite player from the World Series team back in two thousand and eight, and that was Jason Worth. Now I know I've talked to you before, Glenn, and sometimes people think that I'm trashing him. I just hated to see him come to Philly in a Nationals uniform. His right-handed bat, when it left our lineup, killed that lineup. Yeah. The lineup yeah. never recovered from yeah. his loss. It's it's ever. an interesting name to me, kind of too good of a player. Yeah, I think Mike's point is really well taken. I actually mentioned this earlier in the show, talking about the 2011 team, that the the thing that team was missing was Jason Worth. It was an everyday power bat in the lineup, they they never had it, and it came back to bite them a bit in, against the Cardinals. Um, but I do think that Worth is almost, as you said, Glenn, too good of a player to be unsung. I mean, by the time he left, he was it was Utley, Rollins, Howard, Worth. He's the fourth yeah. best bat in that lineup. Maybe maybe Raul Abanez, um, you know, a tick ahead of him. But I I would take Worth. We haven't quite hit the sweet spot in this category. Yeah. I appreciate people's, you know, suggestions and so on, and they've gone from the obscure in Joe LaFay to the pretty damn good in Jason Worth, but there is that vein of unsung heroes that we expect to get to. Yeah, yeah, and later in the show, uh, Glenn and I can You'll throw reveal a few all other, your names. Yeah, throw a few more names out there. I have, just to get I, by the way, I do have actually I have two from that team. The 08 to 11 team. I have two guys that to me would qualify. Okay. I have a few flyers over the years who would uh, qualify. A few well, other muckers sixers. and grinders? Oh, you know how it is. You know, in, in the mid 1980s, there were, were a lot of guys. Those guys. Yep. Oh, yeah. we, could, we could go yeah, name yeah. by name. 
215-592-9494. He's Mike Sealski. I'm Glenn Macnown. Beautiful Saturday in the Delaware Valley. Hey, United Tires Black Friday super pricing has arrived. Get some of their best tires at the very best prices now. They're offering up to $120 off select sets of BF Goodrich and Michelin tires now through Cyber Monday. Call or go to unitedtire.com for sale details or stop by your local United Tire story today. Listen, the weather doesn't get any better from here, so if you're needing tires, now is the time to take advantage of great savings at United Tire. Don't drive alone. Drive United. Bullies and Eagles. Nice. Good for you. So, How about uh, you? Um, so I'm not working tomorrow. Yeah, I should tell people this. So Sunday is usually Jody Mack and I, and tomorrow WIP will be broadcasting the game uh, from Germany, I think. I don't remember who's playing. I'm sorry, but there's a game tomorrow morning. Yeah, I think uh, it's the Bucks and Seahawks. Bucks and Seahawks. Yeah, I know it's Brady. Actually, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Bucks and Seahawks, and that game will be on tomorrow morning. So I will not be on tomorrow. Which oh. I appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so it's like a rare Sunday. I got. I think my wife and I like go out for brunch or wow. go to the art museum or do something that we never get to do. Right. So you know where I was last night? It'll ring true to you. I was at Ralph's Italian Restaurant in South oh. Philadelphia, which, by the way, you and I, this coming Thursday, will mm-hmm. be at Ralph's Italian Restaurant in South Philadelphia as part of a charity thing that we did um, for, uh, for uh, with the Maryland Mike Beer yes. um, earlier this Philly year. Philly Golf, I think. Yes. Um, first Tee. First Tee Golf. Greater Philadelphia, and a great guy named Pat was the high bidder on that, so we're going to be taking him to Ralph's. I scattered out last night, and the reason I did is I have a neighbor – um, I'll tell this story quick, and we'll get back to the phones. My neighbor Raj, who uh, he's lived in the United States for like 25 years, but he's from India. He's about your age, mm-hmm. okay, younger than I am. Um, two kids, blah blah blah, and he and I do this ongoing challenge where we try to um, expose the other guy to something that he knows nothing about or mm-hmm. may be inclined to dislike. Okay, and part of again, Raj has lived in the United States for a while, but he grew up in India, so. For example, uh, I had him listen to Jimi Hendrix. He never listened to Jimi Hendrix, wow. who I grew up listening to, and he yeah. did. Ended up liking it. Um, I had him eat. Never ate barbecue in his life. Wow. I got him some great barbecue. He didn't particularly love that, but that's fine. That's okay. He introduced me to. It's um, all part some, of the journey. Yeah, some Indian food that I loved. Um, he made me watch Lord of the Rings, which I'd never watched, which I still wish I'd never watched. <laughs> Colossal waste of my time. I, I am not a Lord of the Rings guy the at all. It goes on forever. <laughs> anyway, so he had never been to Ralph. He had never had like that traditional old school Italian mm-hmm. food that Ralph's does so well. You know, the red gravy, the black and white tile on the floor, the whole ambiance of Ralph's, yeah. right? The maitre d' hugs you when you come in. Mm-hmm. And so we went to Ralph's last night with our wives, and I think he liked it a lot. Um, I loved it, as I always do. Greatest meatballs in the city. Um, I, I'm but- just trying to reconcile and and rationalize the idea that you are going to Ralph's for dinner twice in yeah. one week. Yeah, how about that? The the, the yeah, I win. charmed life that you live <laughs> is just beyond me. It's at, at some some points. It, I just I sit back and I marvel. Yeah, I usually go there like two or three times a year, but just by nature of how it played out, we were actually going to do another thing last night that didn't have, fell apart because the other people couldn't come. So he said, like, well, the one we're going to do after that is go to Raps. I said, all right, we'll go. So we went. I just it's to me it's one of those Philadelphia institutions. You yes. know what I mean? Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. And him having lived here for. 
20 plus years and never having been there. It's like, you got to try this. Yeah. I, I haven't been in a while. Um, no, no. I went for lunch about a I think two years ago. Well, you go on uh, Thursday. Yeah, so thir- Thursday I am very much looking S- forward to. Scout the menu yet? Scout the menu. I've been watching YouTube clips of that. <laughs> <laughs> do you do, so when I'm going to a restaurant, and my wife says, like, why do you do this? I always, before I leave my house, get the menu online and think about what I'm going to have. I do exactly the same right? thing. Yes. I, it feels... Like I'm unprepared. Yes. Once I get to the restaurant, yes. if I haven't done that. Yes. I don't want to make a split decision. I no. want to like let it like, do I want the fish tonight? Or I, I, Glenn, as I said, my wife and I are going out to dinner with friends tonight, and I've already looked at the menu of the place we're going to uh, because I want to be ready and have kind of a game plan in my head. Okay, do I want the hors d'oeuvres? If I do, what hors d'oeuvre am I going to have? Will somebody at the table share it with me? Uh, what have I had to eat for dinner recently so that when we get to the restaurant, will I have something that I've yes. already had this week? Yes, and to me, it's also part of, I'll be honest, convincing my wife to order something that I like so we can do <laughs> sharesies. It, it really is. See, I don't, I don't do that. You don't do sharesies? Well, I will try what she's What's having. What's the point of being married? Oh, I'm not going to touch that one. <laughs> one, of the, one of the great benefits of being in a relationship it is, it is, is you order two things that you both like. I've never done. I'm going to speak ill of my great friend Jody McDonald, mm-hmm. uh, who I would be working with tomorrow. Jody, when he and his wife go to a restaurant, it's like, he gets his, she gets hers, that's it. I'm not a big sharing person. Or they get at the same thing, which seems a colossal waste of time. I'm not a big sharing person oh, at dinner. What my wife and I will do to. is she will offer me a bite of what she's having. I bite. will offer her a bite of what I'm having. And it's like, oh, I could have gotten that, but I chose not to. And, and, now, you, and now you're done? Yeah, now I'll go back to what I ordered and what I'm eating. Oh, that's, I disagree. You, you look runnerish there, Kyle. Well, I just, I wanted to rip you guys because oh, for your first you. point. Uh, looking at the menu before you go, is, yes, that's spoilers. No, no not no. at all. It's scouting. It's no. you got to scout it out, Kyle. You got to go uh, in with the game plan. It's like going into the World Series without knowing what the other team can hit. No, it's like a it's like a box of chocolates. You go to a restaurant, you never know what you're going to get. Uh, you open look, the menu. And, all right, and look for it. Part of the experience. You do it your way. <laughs> we will do it ours. Yeah. All right. All right. We'll do. There you go. All Restaurants right. are like a box of chocolates. No, but they're well, but they're not. But they're not. I want to get Dominic up here. Dominic apparently is rip-roaring mad. What are you thinking, Dominic? Yo, how's it going, guys? Great show as always. Thanks, Tom. Yeah, so I just need to rip the Sixers first before I do anything else, if that's all right. Sure. Go for it. Okay, it's going to be quick, and it's very simple. I mean, there is no hunger whatsoever. Like, me as a Sixers fan, like, them playing the Hawks, you know, like, was an opportunity to maybe, you know, I don't know, Get a little bit of revenge from knocking us out of the playoffs last year. I mean, come on. Like, where's the energy on this team? Every time I go to, like, like and root for them, like, you know, buy tickets or whatever, there's still, like, no energy around this team. And it's so sickening that the Flyers have more energy than they do this season. So let me, let me, and I think you make a great point. Mike, is that, hey, it's November, don't worry about it? Or is that Dominic sees something that is, could be problematic for this season? I I look at the Sixers. I think Dom's making a good point. I look at the Sixers and I say, what are they going to do well? Like, what is the thing that they can hang their hat on? Now, Harden is injured right now. He had been okay before that, so maybe 
he and Embiid and the pick and roll become the things that uh, that this team can hang its hat on. But you know, Tyrese Maxey has not played great in Harden's absence. Uh, he's not taken the step forward yet that I think people thought he was going to take. Certainly, everybody thought he was going to take based on the preseason he was having. Where he, I don't know that he missed a three point shot. It was amazing. Um, I'm concerned, and I think Dominic makes a great point in that regard. And then, uh, yeah, thank you guys. And then I have the Eagles. Uh, just looking at Washington, something's really starting to worry me about this team, uh, the Eagles. And I'm, and what's worrying me is the run game on defense. And the, and the only thing I have to complain about is it really seems like we get in these lulls where uh, we sit back and let them get like six or seven yards. So they do. Just, they do. And here's how the coach will explain it. The coach, okay. this this is their theory. And I I – I have questions about it, but it's working for him. Hey, mm-hmm. we're best in the league against giving up long plays. We don't do it. We can let you try to run down the field four or five yards at a clip, and you may get three or four first downs, but eventually you won't, and you'll either punt or kick a long field goal, whereas we know we're not going to give up a 70-yard pass. That's the thing. Okay. It's it's working. I have concerns about it. I said, when they play Tennessee – that may become problematic because he could run for 200 yards. Yeah, Derrick Henry could really put a hurting on them. But they haven't, since week one in the Lions game, they haven't given up a ton of points. It's not as if teams are gashing them with the run and rolling up 25, 30, 35 points against them either. Um, And the flip side is nobody has stopped their offense yet. You know, I kind of teased earlier in the show about – what would be concerning to the Eagles? To me, it would be kind of a perfect storm, a combination of a team that can run the ball, can keep the Eagles' offense off the field, and then once the Eagles' offense gets on the field, has the kind of defense that could cause them problems. You know, Dallas maybe, Washington maybe, but Washington doesn't run the ball very well. No, they don't. They don't. So, Dominic, who is your um, unsung hero? All right, I'm going to go to baseball just because the Phillies are still fresh in my mind right now. I'm going Chooch, man, Carlos Ruiz. He was amazing for us, and he's not the first one talked about quite a bit. Mike Sielski? Actually, Kyle's going to be the judge in the yeah, end. What do you think? I think that's pretty good. I think um, what cuts against it is the idea of him being unsung, and yeah. because Carlos Ruiz became such a popular player. He was very popular. I- I'm Beloved. not sure he's unsung yeah. in that I, regard. I agree. That's just me. I agree. Kyle, thoughts? It's still probably the best of the four options we were presented so far, um, but definitely room to uh, to jump over that one for sure. <laughs> Dennis in Allentown is with us. Danny, what are you thinking about today? Hey, guys, how you doing? I was going to call in and talk about the, the big Temple win last night. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so um, it's been years since we beat Villanova. Uh, I, I just graduated from Temple in the spring, so I've been at all the Temple basketball games probably about four years now. And the team has had some, some dull moments over the past four years. You know, we, we went to the, the tournament in 2019 with that team with Quinn and Rose and Shiz. Uh, um, and we really haven't had the talent since then until now, I think, to make a run. Um, my only thing is I do think that this team lacks the fundamentals that was really instilled under Dunphy. This team plays a little bit of one-on-one basketball, but they have the talent there to really do something special, I think. So you believe in Aaron McKee or no? Um, I think he can get the players, um, and he runs an NBA style, which is nice. But these guys, I, I, they're just not playing fundamental okay. basketball. They're not really on a team, you know. Um, All right, I got to hit a break, but that. let me get your unsung hero. 
Uh, I was thinking Andre Guadalla. You know, he kind of kept us in the in the relevancy there with the pictures. Twenty. That's an interesting You know what? It's an well. Again, Kyle's the judge. I was never an Iguodala guy, and in hindsight, I think it was just because I was more disappointed in the franchise than Iguodala himself, and he was put in a position of kind of being a, a number one guy when he wasn't. Yeah, I think that's 100% accurate. He was the guy taking over for Allen Iverson, and he wasn't really ever going to be that guy. Mm-hmm. He was going to be the MVP of the NBA Finals on a team yeah, not here. that had Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and other guys who were clearly better offensive players. Mm. So unsung in retrospect, I'm not sure unsung in the moment. 215-592-9494, taking your calls ahead. Mike Sealski, Glenn Mack, now on 94 WIP. Mike Sealski, Glenn Mack, now Saturday is high noon in uh, the Delaware Valley. Hold on, I forgot what we're going to Oh, by the way, this hour is brought to us by Meridian Bank. Business banking at its best. Visit them at meridianbanker.com. Um, oh, I know what we're going to do this hour. Hold on, do I have this right? Yes, I do. It is time for This Week in Philadelphia Sports History, mm-hmm. brought to you by Shy Vintage Sports, where there's a story in every stitch. Visit them at their center city location or their new location in Wayne. Again, best caller of the day is going to get a $50 gift card to Shy Vintage Sports. And, Mike, I take you back to this day, back in 1990. Okay. 32 years ago today, as we know, the Eagles play the Washington uh, Commanders, Commies, tomorrow. But they played them on a Monday night football game 30 year, 32 years ago today. Let's give you just a little bit of the highlights. And it is Humphreys fighting his way. has really hurt. Grabbing his right knee. Oh. White twisting back to the inside, and there it is. Look at the right knee pinned underneath. Now find themselves in very dire straits, physically and emotionally, and on the scoreboard as well. Al Michaels, Dan Deardorff. It Frank- was the body bag game, Mike. <laughs> Frank Gifford as well. Oh, yeah, Frank Gifford too. It was the ultimate Buddy Ryan kind of day. Mm-hmm. Um, I was there that night. The fans were so jacked up for Monday night football game. It still meant a lot back then. It was a really loud, raucous place. The Eagles fed off the emotion of the Buddy Ryan, or the, well, the fans fed off the emotion of the Buddy Ryan defense, and Washington had nine players go down in that game, ended up with Brian Mitchell playing quarterback. Actually, it led to a rule change that game. Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah, that led to you got to keep one player aside to be a quarterback or something like that. I yeah, if you, you, the kind of emergency quarterback doesn't count against the 53, um, and it was... Listen, I don't root for guys to get injured, but that night the Redskins were just, they were dropping like flies. The Buddy Ryan defense was great. The Eagles won a statement game, finished strong, make the playoffs. I give you the body bag game. Your thoughts? Two words. Overrated. What? What? Whoa. Get him off the show. The, what? This to me what are you is, talking about? is the ultimate example of this era of Eagles football. Style over substance. You know what happened oh, later you, in that you're season? You're like hitting me with a baseball bat to the heart here. Glenn, you... Yeah, what are you talking about? You know what happened later in that season? 
The Eagles made the playoffs. You know who they played in the first round? I do. The Washington Redskins. I'm aware of it. You know what the result of that game was? Very much. 21-7 Redskins victory. Okay, so what's your point? My point is that this game to me, it look, it has a great name. The body bag game is memorable. Yes. Um, But this to me, this game symbolizes to a great degree the Buddy Ryan era. Yeah, you beat Washington up on a Monday night game. When push came to shove, you lost to him by two touchdowns. <sighs> you can't see these as two separate, unrelated things on a day like today. I'm trying to get the people geeked up. They're playing Washington on Monday night, for God's sakes. Look, I get Let me it. give you more. Just I get wait, it. Wait, wait. You can, you can spoil it in a minute. Okay. Three sacks that night, three turnovers. Reggie White's first career interception. Two defensive touchdowns that day by the Eagles. Heath Sherman. Ran for 126 yards. How the hell did that happen? Good question. Yeah, I don't know. His career day, that's not really important. Um, but it was for what this town, and I understand the season didn't end well, as they never ended well back in those days. But on that particular night, it was a raucous, festive, crazy night down at Veteran Stadium as the Eagles beat Washington in a great game. I, look, I get it. See, I'm and looking at it in a vacuum. It, in, I think to members of my generation, that oh, maybe I'm, I'm painting there too broad go. a brush here. Okay. I look back what, at what that. What are you, Gen X? Maybe? I'm Gen X. I'm yeah. 47. Okay. I go back to that era, Glenn, and I think about how the Giants won the Super Bowl in 1986 and 1990. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about how Washington won the Super Bowl in 1987 and 1991. I'm thinking about how the Cowboys won the Super Bowl in 1991, 1992, and 1994. Mm. And the Eagles didn't win one. No. The Eagles were always this team that gets talked about, and I remember it well. I was I was a fan back then. It's going to be the Eagles' year one of these years. It has to be. And it never was. Yeah, and well, it was a lot of these Randall moments. got hurt that year. Yeah. Well, he got hurt the following year in 91. No, I'm but, just saying. Yeah. No, yeah. that's the thing you say. I know. Um, but... That that era to me, while fun, absolutely at times, is ultimately I look back on with a lot of frustration for Eagles fans. Well, that's a downer. Sorry. Uh, it, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for ruining the well, moment. But, hey, Glenn, what do the kids say? You got to keep it real. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, that was our moment. Shibe Sports moment at Philadelphia Sports History. Hey, Shibe Sports, if you got a gripe, uh, Mike Sielski <laughs> at uh, Downer.com. I am fun it at was parties, a great, man. It was a, I am okay. fun All at right. parties. Yeah, there you go. Well, that was it. That was it. I enjoyed the hell out of it. Yes, uh, in January it got bad, but, you know, that was, this was November. Okay. We were flying high. Fair enough. Okay. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. And then came crashing down. Yeah, you got to figure out now what I'm doing next week on Shibe Sports, how you can <laughs> shoot that thing down. What's the line from uh, Billy Crystal has in, a princess, in The Princess Bride? Why don't you give me a nice paper cut and pour lemon juice on it? There you go. That's All me. All righty. Let's get Pauline in Prospect Park. Hey, Pauline. Hey, Glenn. Hey, Mike. Uh, glad to talk to you guys. I've never been on your show. but oh, well, thank you for being part time. of it. Thanks, Pauline. <laughs> sure. Um, I just want to say it was nice to hear, you know, you talk about the Flyers. I'm excited with Tortorello being the coach. I feel bad for Hart sometimes. It makes me think when Hextall didn't want to bring him up, did we bring him up too soon? I don't know. But, no. you know, I feel like the players just, you know, he's standing out there high and dry half the time. And I'm hoping Tortorello will break some of these bad habits. 
Well, I'll say this, Pauline. One of the things that Torts was known for, certainly in New York when he coached the Rangers, was he had a terrific goalie there, too, in Heinrich Lundqvist. And the style that that team played around Lundqvist was basically to, like, form a shell around him and block shots and cut down on as many scoring opportunities as possible. And Tortorella really demanded a lot of a team that, to be quite honest, had more talent than this Flyers team did. So... I think if the Flyers are going to keep winning games, they're going to have to play that kind of style where they just throw themselves in front of shots and give their body up to try to protect Hart as much as they possibly can and hope that, you know, whatever shots get through, he stops. Uh, Pauline, who is your unsung hero? Okay, well, being a Flyers fan, I am a diehard. I was uh, a little girl when they won the Stanley Cup, so I've been waiting ever since. Um, but I'm going to go with Ron Hextall. I said he was the first, you know, person to win the Conn Smythe yeah, and, and Pauline, yeah. I love you, and, and certainly please call again. Ron Hextall is the op- no way an unsung hero. Can, can I throw an unsung flyer out yeah, there? Yeah, we better throw think, a few just to get this thing think, working. I don't think anybody's going to name this, this guy. backfiring. What? So as a kid who grew up watching and loving the Flyers teams from the mid-1980s, particularly the 85 and 87 teams that went to the finals and yeah. lost to the Edmonton Oilers, yeah. let me throw out there Ron Sutter. Oh, good. Great defensive player. Great defensive center. Scored some timely goals. Could get you 15 to 25 goals every year. Yep. Was a big cog on those teams. Uh, always played well. Was solid up and down. Ron Sutter from the 80s Flyers. That's pretty good. I'll give you one from the 08 Phillies. Okay. J.C. J. Romero. Excellent. You they could... do not win that World Series without... Did, I think, did he win two of those games? I think he did, yes. Yeah, you do not win that World Series without J.C. Romero. He and Scott Ayer were the two lefties in that bullpen, and they were really good. All right, so Kyle, take that $50 gift certificate, divvy it up between Mike and myself. <laughs> you just get a T-shirt, it'll be great. We can spend it By on Ralph's way, Thursday I night. Got, we can. Uh, no, it's not, Actually, it's we can. not from Ralph's. It's from Scheib. I got my um, Prism T-shirt from them mm-hmm. that I wear. I get more, I'm more comments on that. Well, not that I wear anything special, but on anything I wear. I have a prison T-shirt as well. Love it. Same same thing. Prism. People always remark about prison it. Prison was the best. It was. There it was great. Yeah. If it wasn't Philly sports, it was softcore pornography. One-stop shopping is that hey. good. <laughs> Dennis in Mount Laurel, you're on uh, with Mike and Glenn. Hey. Gentlemen, how you doing today? Hi, good. Dennis. Question, how long does Glenn Don't Call Me Doc Rivers get before we have to make All a right, I just need to interrupt you. Because I'm Glenn, and I I think you should call him Doc. All right? Yeah, People are saying he doesn't Doc. deserve Doc, call him Glenn. No, as Glenn, I'm not sharing that name. He's Doc on this show. Anyway, how long does he have? Mike, you, yeah. you talked about that before. What do you think? I think they're probably going to give him at least until Harden comes back so that he has a full complement of players. Um, but, man, All right, I'm going to give you an over-under of Christmas. I I think that's pretty good. I think that's pretty good. Um, I just don't see... I, I've been saying this before, Dennis. I don't see what other moves they have to make. You're not yeah. trading Maxi. You're not trading Embiid. Nope. nope. So... Well, he's got a five... If I remember correctly, he's got a five-year deal and he's on his third year, correct? That's yeah, right. Yeah, they could swallow that. 
That's a lot of money. To uh, they, 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 hey, they're the richest people in the world. The people who own the Sixers. Yeah. Don't, don't yeah. worry about that. And the that the swallowing the cap. money is not the issue. Yeah, uh, it's just whether they want to bring in somebody else and feel like maybe Sam Cassell you, is ready. You remember when Chip was taking over the team and Howie Roseman got pushed out on New Year's Eve? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is going to be the Christmas Eve firing of Doc. That's my prediction. Uh, yeah, I, I, it could be. Yeah, and Merry guys, Christmas. You were talking about Andre Iguodala earlier, and there's a couple people who think he may make the Hall of Fame. I'm not one of them. I mean, he was a good player. I understand he won the MVP for the playoffs. That's a two-week stint. Other than that, he made one All-Star team in like 18 years. What do you guys think about him in the Hall of Fame? I think the the standards for most Hall of Fames these days is too low. And to, and to me, Andre Iguodala has had guys had a terrific career, but I don't see him as an immortal. And to me, Hall of Famers are immortals. Yeah, the Hall of Fame is supposed to be about greatness. Yeah, he's the, he would be the Harold Baines of the NB of the Basketball Hall of Fame. And, and here's the thing about the Basketball Hall of Fame, guys: the process by which they select the inductees is so secretive compared yeah. to the other halls of fame. Yeah, I don't that know in, how it works. Yeah, invariably you end up saying. Wait, that guy's getting in now? Yeah. Like, I think Jay Wright is a Hall of Fame coach, but the fact that he's already in yeah. is a little weird. It's a little strange. Yeah, it was a little sudden. Uh, Dennis, who's your unsung hero? Well, goes back, uh, I'm going to say, 30 years, and uh, he was a hell of a defenseman, the son of the one of the greatest hockey players of all time. about that Mark Howe? Okay. We got a few hockey. He's a Hall of Famer. Can you be a Hall of Famer and an unsung hero? Mark Howe was one of the is one of the <laughs> yeah, ten best flyers of all time. I know. Define it again. So We're, we've done it ten times. So what in the heck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> well done, Kyle. So we're looking for players who were part of teams that were successful in this city. Yeah, not necessarily champions, but right. Yes, yeah. But but are not necessarily. One of the first, I would say, three or four players on that team that jumped to mind immediately. So, again, I offered Pedro Feliz on the 2008 Phillies. It works. You offered J.C. Romero on the 2008 Phillies. Not even one of the first two or three pitchers you think of Mm -hmm. on that team, let alone players on the roster. So that's what we're looking for. It's somebody who you go, oh, yeah, he was really key to them winning that championship or making that run, and and I don't think of him right now. Or, you know, he was here for a while and was really pretty good, but, you know, he wasn't the top guy. Yeah. Mark Howe was should have won the Norris Trophy as the best defenseman in the league a couple of times. I, I think he did at didn't. least once. I don't think he ever did. He never did? No. He had the problem of playing during a time that Ray Bork and Paul, Paul Coffey were playing. Yeah. yeah, that didn't help. Uh, Robert in Germantown is with us. Hey, Robert. Hey, guys. Wonderful show. Thanks. I just pulled up to uh, Franklin Field. Uh, you don't talk about it enough, but Penn beats Harvard today and beats Princeton. They're the Ivy League champion. Go Quakers. Yeah. yeah actually, uh, never been. This is on the bucket list. Never been to Ralph's restaurant. I listened. Oh, I listened. I'm going to go. Just, I'm going to go, Glenn. Yes, but you. when you do, my advice is skip lunch because you want. it's not a place you want to go and, and worry about caloric content. Oh, no, 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 no. And get the muscles, Robert. Get the muscles. The muscles. My wife's a muscle guy. Well, how's their meatballs, Glenn? You sound like the, meatballs how are their meatballs? Guy. So a few years back. I did my food hunt was meatballs. I think I had forty five different places with meatballs over the course of a few months. Ralph's won. 
And not just with me. They won with a panel of judges. Their meatballs are the best in the city. Excellent. Um, yeah, Rivers has got to go. I've been saying that for years. No news there on the radio. I mean, there's no flow to the game. There's no motion without the ball. They're just Emotion. dumb basketball. You're the third uh, no. person today to talk about this team is just flat and joyless. And that's... Yeah. Real problematic. Yeah, and the other factor too, Glenn and Robert, is that every time Doc is given the opportunity to address shortcomings related to the team, he kind of takes the onus off himself. And I think that's really off-putting to a lot of people. Um, and, And that's part of this too, is there's not a sense, he's not giving people in the public a sense that, hey, there are real issues here. I might have to adjust what I'm doing to try to fix them. There's no sense of that at all. It's kind of, hey, look at my track record. I'm a great coach. Yeah, no, he's got to go, man. They got to get some young person there that can get the the joy and you know high ass basketball. Like, I mean, they're wasting Maxi and they're wasting Embiid in his prime. I mean, come on, there's too much talent not to out there and have fun and win games. Mm-hmm. At least that's my 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 two cents. Uh, unsung hero, I'm going to go with Steve Mix. You, who I think was on your show with Ray Glenn. Didn't you guys do a Yeah, we did a Tell, tell Us Your story? story with him. Yep, yeah. So I think that's actually a really good name. I do too. The challenge you have here, of course, is that our producer, Kyle Quinn, is how old are you, Kyle? 27. Yeah. Steve Mix, a name that you even know? You know what? I, I do know him because a caller uh, during the week was like, man, the Phillies should have put out Steve Mix, Bill Berge, and Dave Schultz uh, to throw the first pitch to rattle uh, <laughs> to rattle the Astros. So. Yeah, yeah uh, it it actually that it fits the category well. Yeah, th- it absolutely does. And, and if Kyle was forty-seven, it probably would work. But Kyle's twenty-seven, so I don't know who will. By the way, Sixers' next coach, he's already there. Yeah, Sam Cassell. Yeah, Et, get yeah. it? <laughs> yeah, that was. Yes, I remember. Yeah, but he can coach, and he it's his time. He's exactly the kind of guy. He's like Tyrone Lou redo. You know, like. Tyrone Lue was a guy who had been talked about both as a player and then moving up the ranks as somebody who was going to be a good head coach and has since become a really good head coach. Sam Cassell is cut from that same mold. All right, Mike, it is time to talk to one of my, not even one of my favorite callers, not just one of my favorite callers, but one of my favorite people whom I have the pleasure of knowing. I don't know that she has called when you have been on, but be ready okay, for a great time with our pal Linda from Bella. Linda, first off, how are you doing these days? People always ask me, how's Linda feeling? Oh, listen, honey. If I were any better, they'd have to build a monument to me. <laughs> Forget go. about it. Uh, your health is good? Yeah, everything is beautiful. And, um, and you are beautiful, my dear. Thank you. And you too, sweetie puss. There you go. Um, have you ever talked I've to Mike? Been... I never have, Mr. Sealski. I love your work, honey. Thank you, Linda. That's very kind of you. I, Glenn has mentioned you in the past, and I am just tickled that you have called us. Well, I have talked to most every major sports talk show host around the country, but you're sitting with my favorite one and a good friend, too, by the way. We are pals. Okay? We are pals. Um, the thing I wanted to talk about is... We need a shortstop. Okay. Um, there are four of them out there. Well, there could be. Bogarts can opt out if he wants. Mm-hmm. Um, Bogarts, Korea, Swanson, Turner 
the most electric one to me is Trey Turner. I don't know if you agree. He's probably going to be with Swanson, the two most expensive ones. Um, let me ask you a question. I think Turner's number one. You put Swanson above Correa, huh? Yes. Hmm. I think um, I may go Correa first. Why Swanson? Well, I think he's a better hitter, baby. Okay. Uh, Correa's average was not anything I don't believe to write home over. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, none of them really stand out, but Trey Turner, I mean, he, uh, Mad Dog doesn't agree with me. Uh, but I think uh, Turner is just the grooviest. I think he'd be great. I think having friends on the team, well, Bryce Harper as a friend, yeah. helps. I think, as Mike talked earlier, you got your leadoff hitter for years to come. He's a terrific defensive player, and he steals bases, which would be nice. Yeah. And I think stealing's going to come back a bit next year with the bigger base and the end of the shift. I think some of these things are going to become important, and he will be that. Linda, I got to hit a break, but do you have an unsung hero? Michael Renberg. Oh. Oh. Shot and a goal by Linda. That love was, you. Love Bye. you. Bye. We'll talk to you soon. Th- that's a great one. That is absolutely the sweet spot that we had been talking about and looking for. Right there. Yeah. The was... third member of the Legion of Doom, the guy who always gets left out when you talk about that line and its impact on the Flyers in the mid-1990s. Yeah. I mean, Linda from downtown, kaboom. Yeah. You, you see what a great caller she is. That was awesome. Yeah. That was and, awesome. And just a, a lovely person. And, and honestly, the first time that the word groovy has been used in sports talk radio since at least 1979. <laughs> no, well, she, it, she uses it. She's, she's got a, Awesome. She's got a language all of her own. Awesome. Okay. 215-592-9494. That was fun. Uh, Mike Sealski, Glenn Mack now on 94 WIP. And it is time for me to tell you that fall is upon us. It's that time of year again to uh, consider replacing your old drafting windows and doors before another cold winter season rolls in. When I need a company to help me with the home projects, I turn to the great people at Guided Door and Window. They're the experts. Listen, if you act now, you get 20% off all windows and doors. In addition, Guide is going to let you start the project today with no money out of pocket. Hello. Take up to three years to pay off interest-free once that job is expertly installed. You're going to be able to start enjoying all the benefits of new, highly energy-efficient windows and doors. You get an increased comfort level in your house, of course, and you got lower monthly energy bills. And all of this is while taking advantage of 20% savings and having the luxury of paying off your project with 0% interest for up to 36 months. This is a great deal. you got to act now. Offers for a limited time only. Restrictions apply. For full details, call Guided today. Schedule a free, no obligation in home estimate at one eight seven seven go guida or visit them at go. Mike Sealski, Glenn Mack now going to one. We got Go Birds Radio at one. Is that correct uh, with uh, James and Elliot? Yep. There you go. Where are they going to be today? Do you know? 
think they're at Parks. There you go. All right. Today's show, by the way, sponsored by Meridian Bank. Business banking at its best. Visit them at meridianbanker.com. All right, Mike, uh, before I get back to the calls, you wrote an interesting column this week about two kind of desperate franchises in the NFL, which coincidentally are the franchises the Eagles are going to be playing in the next two weeks. One, let's talk about the Washington Commanders and the owner who is now under federal. When you get the the Attorney General of the United States yes. blasting you in a news conference, things are not going your way. No, it, it's not good for Dan Snyder these days. Um, the U.S. Attorney's Office in the Eastern District of Virginia is looking into allegedly deceptive business practices by the commanders and Snyder. This, of course, came on the heels of the fact uh, that ESPN had this big story about uh, how dysfunctional the organization was and how much the other ho- owners in the NFL hate Daniel Snyder, mostly because they aren't uh, they want him to make them money, and he is not doing that. Okay, but two things. One, one of the things that I noticed in this investigation is they're pulling in the NFL for cover-up. Yes. And that goes right to the commissioner. It absolutely does. And that's, listen, if you have one bad owner, you do, but if you're covering up and you're the NFL— that could be trouble for them. Yeah, it absolutely could. Anytime the government gets involved, uh, it's going to be trouble. So, look, it would be better for the NFL. It would be better for what had been one of the marquee franchises in the league if Daniel Snyder just went away. But if he's going to go away, he's going to go away kicking and screaming and hanging on to that franchise by, you know, his, See, I, his I don't know. I think at this point, if he's going to go away, he's going to go away with, he said, $6 billion. I don't think he's going to get that. But I will predict this franchise is going to sell within the next year for the most money of any North American sports franchise. It, it is a... So that's, that's his consolation prize is, here's a fortune. Yeah, but he really has it was his lifelong dream to own this franchise and he did and he did and he ran it into the ground and i think you're right it would not surprise me to see whoever purchases it from him pay 6 billion dollars because the potential on such an investment is so great because there's a generation of nfl fans that have forgotten or never knew how important washington was to oh, the league yeah big, big time yeah. and it was great going to games down there yeah all right. The other uh, franchise you wrote about is the Indianapolis Colts, in which the owner decided to fire Frank Reich, which I heard a lot of people say, yeah, it was time to fire him. Frank Reich had a winning record over the years and did it with a bad hand of like a new quarterback every other week. Five years, five different starting quarterbacks at the start of each season. Yeah. Um, and had a winning record. Yeah. Frank Reich was not the problem in Indianapolis. And the irony of... This situation and talking about Dan Snyder is that the one owner who was outspoken about how damaging Snyder was to the NFL was Jim Irsay, which it makes it look like, hey, don't pay attention to what's going on with my franchise. Look at this guy who's doing it worse. You know, and then they hired Jeff Saturday, who had been an analyst at ESPN, had never coached at any level of football other than high school. Right. And Saturday gets hired basically because Jim Irsay thinks he's a righteous dude. And they, <laughs> I didn't see that in the resume. And they, um, they, they like have nobody because they fired everybody who calls offensive plays. They're playing the Raiders tomorrow. Be interesting to watch that. And then when they play the Eagles next week, it's, I mean, boy, fortune favors the Eagles. Frank Reich, there's been a lot of talk. Uh, what's he going to do now? My hunch is he's just going to kind of relax, kick back. 
But I also think people say, well, is he going to go to work for the Eagles? My sense is that he's not going to go to work for the Eagles, but that Nick Sirianni is going to be on the phone with him a lot. Yeah. And that's great. And that is great. Uh, they are tight. They're very close. Everybody knows the role that Reich played in the 2017 season. He was kind of the the genius behind the Philly special in a lot of ways. He was the guy who repped it and and got the team ready to run it in the moment that they did in Super Bowl 52. Uh, and he'll be a resource to Nick Sirianni and nothing but a good one, I think. I, I have a lot of respect for Frank. I do, too. Good man, too. J.P. in Wincombe, you're on with Mike and Glenn. Hey, J.P. Hey, how are you guys doing? Um, Mike, I want to congratulate you for being a great replacement for the greatest of all time. And um, I think you're a fantastic columnist as well. So Thank you. glad you're with Glenn. Best show of the week. I Thanks. appreciate it. Glenn has made it very, very easy. Yeah, well. Yep, yep. Great co-host. So uh, my comment, uh, in order to get to the unsung, the comment is about the Phillies and the aftertaste, and there's been a controversy brewing during the daytime show about whether the, it's something positive or to be criticized because of the uh, the last three games of the World Series. And my strong feeling is that the Phillies were just simply beaten by a much better team with phenomenal pitching. And I'm so satisfied with what a phenomenal, entertaining run, great comebacks. That Harper home run will be, you know, enshrined with, you know, the pictures of Tugger and uh, Lidge. I mean, it's one of the greatest moments in Philadelphia baseball history, period. It is. It is. So, on that, you know, the day of, the day after, a couple days, game six, really disappointing. Why in the world did Thompson take out the pitcher? How come the offense died? Reese Hoskins, Jeezy Blue, another thing. But over time, JP, I think we all kind of, you know, deal with that and say, God, it was it was it wasn't a great season. It was a great yep. month and a half or whatever, and and enjoy that part, celebrate that part. There were too many fun moments to simply forget about them. Right there was the Hoskins home run and the bat spike. Yeah, there was yeah. Uh, the, the inside the Parker by real music. Exactly <laughs> the the comeback in Game Four against the Padres where they start bombing home runs all over the place. As you said, JP, the Harper home run in Game Five. The energy in the ballpark just for Game 3 of the World Series. Yeah, they go on and lose the series, but to be there that night and to feel that when Harper hits the home run in the first inning and they start piling on, you know, just because they didn't win doesn't mean that the feeling of what that night was about and the possibility that they could win a championship goes away. You, you hold on to those things. Who is your unsung hero? Well, I have to first put in a second emotion for whoever called in about Mixville because he was fantastic on a horrible team in the 70s prior to the uh, arrival of uh, uh, Big Mac, George McGinnis. He was. And, of course, the doctor. I mean, he, All right, he, so that's that one. Do you have one of your own? I absolutely do. Uh, sort of the uh, Matisse Thibel who could shoot, there was such an important bench player with the 83 Sixers that'd be Clint, Mr. Hutch, Hustle, Richardson. Richardson. Clint Richardson's not bad. Not no. bad. That's pretty good. Going That's back a ways for Kyle Quinn. you got to know who you're working with. Kyle Quinn, how many players can you name on the 1983 World Championship Sixers? Uh, Tony, Ivoroni. Uh, you knew that because it came up earlier. Doc. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, Who is Moses. the center? There you go. Okay. Uh, 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 Hall of Fame point guard. Did I not say? Uh, you didn't. Okay. Later coached the team. Uh, Mo Cheeks. There you go. Yeah. Nicely done. That's okay. five. All and right. Then, uh, Greatest Clint sixth Richardson man of the era. His name came up earlier today. North Carolina's own. Uh, first name B. Oh. Oh, Bob. Uh, oh, I don't know. Bobby Jones. Stumped. Jones. Okay, that's all right. You did all right. That wasn't bad. Thank Not you. bad. Not bad. All right. Uh, Chris in Newark. Yeah, Newark. Hey, Chris. Got to get my Newarks from my Newarks. Thanks for that, man. We, yep. We're very good down here. I know that's important. <laughs> so you just said uh, over time. So can I start with my uh, unsung hero based upon that over time? Yeah, sure, sure. So uh, 1980 was my teenage wheelhouse. And uh, the last time the Phillies played the Astros, the Phillies would not have won the World Series or had advanced the World Series were it not for, for Manny Trio's right arm and his clutch bat. Mm-hmm. It was the NLCS, but I think maybe we've forgotten about him a little bit, even though he is on the wall of fame. I think it's a good one in terms of what Mike said. If you think about that team, you think about Schmidt and Carlton and Rose and Luzinski and a whole lot of people before you get to Manny Trio. But you're right. They don't win without him. Yeah. He didn't spend a lot, was he? Like four years, Four years maybe? is all he was with the Phillies. Yeah. And, um, yeah, certainly was a great contributor. It's not bad. Those, Very those good. Those relay pros from right field from Dave McBride to Trio to Boone were Dave Parker-esque all-star game throws. Yeah. You know what many Trio would do also? He'd pick yeah. up a routine ground ball and kind of hold it. Yeah. And look at it. <laughs> And make the batter run, and then fire it over to Rose at you know ninety miles an hour. Yeah, yeah. Ranger Suarez does that. It's great. Yeah, yeah. So, um, um, you said this was, relates to your Phillies point today. Well, well, no, that was just from from the previous caller. You said, uh, you know, oh, got it. Got it. Yeah, yeah. over time, but um, the Phillies can't keep paying everybody. Can they? Can they buy a World Series championship? That being said, how important, how imperative is it for the Phillies minor league players to come through and and be the guys that they need them to be? The you Panthers, need both. It, it, listen, yeah. it's a it's a great it's a great point to bring up because you need both, right? Right. The the team from OA to eleven was mostly homegrown. Yes. And they added free agents uh smartly. So yeah. And I know Cliff Lee was after 08, but whatever. They added Cliff Lee, uh, Halliday, I guess they got through trade. But you know what I'm saying. Yeah, and the 07 team wasn't one that needed to make a big free agent move in order to win a uh, championship. You, right. You had guys like Shane Victorino and Jason Wirth who had been smart, strategic chances. Yeah, boy, those were really good acquisitions. That they Pat were nothing took. when they, yeah, Wirth was basically doing nothing yeah. and they got him victorino was a rule five guy mm-hmm. who had waited brought in yeah um so yes those were good this team has a lot of money it has an owner who will spend uh i think adding one primo free agent the shortstop whoever it is this offseason will be it but you do need those young players to come up because you you have to balance your payroll with guys you can afford to pay it's by early we talked about uh brandon marsh right you're not going to go out and sign a high price center fielder you got a guy who's fine right just to read a quote from dave dombrowski during the gm meetings this week quote we have complete flexibility to do what we like so yeah they're gonna spend not only are they gonna spend because they want to win a world series they're gonna spend because the fulcrum of the franchise bryce harper wants them to spend you know and he has john middleton's ear and so 
they're going to go out and they're going to get a shortstop. Uh, and I think, you know, our previous caller, Chris, is right that you've got to bring up some of those younger players. I think you'll see that more in the rotation with the possibility of one or two of these young arms kind of breaking through in 2023. It's been a long time since we've been able to have a caller talk about our cheapskate franchise, whichever one it is. Yeah. A cheapskate owner. Yeah. I mean, you don't, you don't get it with Laurie. You don't get it with Middleton. No. And this playoff run Sixers helped. issue is not that they're cheap. No. No. And the Phillies playoff run helped. You know, they had a long time there where people were not coming to the ballpark in the way that they had been. And now, you know, you're, you're cresting upward in that regard, too, in popularity and in ticket sales. Nancy in South Jersey's got some issues with the Sixers. What are you thinking, Nancy? Uh, after listening on hold for a while, I feel like I'm piling on. But uh, first of all, this has just been such a blah, down week. I really miss baseball, and yeah. it's over. And there was no Eagles game yep. to watch. You I, know? I feel exactly the same way. It was a <laughs> long week. Yeah, and... So my last resort is watching the 76ers, I guess, you know, <laughs> and I, I won't say that. It's just that basketball is not my favorite sport, but I don't just, you know, and I yeah. watch it, you know, I enjoy the broadcast. One of the things I like best about the current Sixers broadcast is I love Kate Scott and Allah Abdelnabi. Yep. I think Kate Scott is great. I do too. I love yes. listening to her. And in this game against Toronto, even the announcers were bored. I like that's what stuck out at me is that it was like a really dull day at the office and they were just struggling for something to say. And uh, that made me just start thinking. And, I, and I'm not a fire the coach person to jump on the bag bandwagon all the time. But while I'm listening to them, I'm thinking, well, what is so different here? And in this calendar year, you know, Rob Thompson came in and everything changed. And now John Tortorell is here and everything's changing. So maybe that is what needs to happen. You know, I just uh, think, uh, I think there that, seems to be, but, uh, we don't do Twitter polls, but I think if we did a Twitter poll, should Doc Rivers be fired? It would be 85% yes. <laughs> I, 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 I agree. I agree with Glenn there. I think that it might, number might even be low. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't well, know if Doc's well, wife has a burner account. I agree. <laughs> I agree done. with that. With with what I'm hearing from all your callers all week yes, long on the station, you, that I is just, correct. Nancy, yeah. who's your unsung hero? My unsung hero is Joe Blanton. Ooh, wow! He toiled in the shadow of Not all of those other superstars, and he was always, you know, he was not. Yeah. Great, but he was always good. He was reliable. And he they was, don't win without him. That's that, Kathy. Yeah. That's yeah. No, Kathy. Nancy, excuse me, Nancy. That's really good. That's that's a good one. It's one of the two that I really like today, both by women. Yeah. How about it? Um, although I think I should, you know, Pedro Feliz was, I think, I don't know anybody's topped that yet. Hey, I know people at Chai Vintage Sports. I, 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 <laughs> I can work it out for you. Okay? I need a T-shirt, Glenn. Yeah, I, can, I can make that happen. Okay. All right, we got one segment to go, uh, 215-592-9494. We look forward to talking to you with Mike Sielski. I'm Glenn Mack now. Don't call me Doc. Uh, United Tires Black Friday Super Pricing has arrived. Get some of their best tires at the very best prices now. They're offering up to $120 off select sets of BF Goodrich and Michelin tires now through Cyber Monday. Call or go to unitedtire.com for sale details or just stop by your local United Tire store today. Listen, the weather isn't going to get much better from here 
If you're needing tires, now's a great time to take advantage of terrific savings at United Tire. Don't drive alone. Drive United. All right, let's get uh, Lou from Roxborough. What's up, Lou? Hey, how's it going, Glenn? Good. Good talking with you guys. Um, I just wanted to say that if the Phillies can get anybody, I would get Trey Turner. Mm-hmm. He'd solve the leadoff problem. Um, we don't have a typical leadoff hitter. I don't like seeing Schwarber in the leadoff spot. I think that's crazy. I think he'd hit you know, homers with more men on base if Trey Turner was leading off for us. And uh, that's that's about all I really wanted to say. I, I agree with you. Now there are four primo shortstops in free agency. Well, there are four if uh, if Bogarts opts out, which he's right. expected to. You prefer Turner? Can I safely say you'd be okay with any of the four, though? Oh yes. Okay. Yeah, maybe Swanson's second best because um, it would hurt the Braves. Uh, although no, yeah. and then they probably have somebody they can bring I, up you know, the minors they, and not miss a beat. It's probably true. <laughs> I I must be the only guy who loves Correa. I think no, have, I have not. I have no problem with him. He'd be a big upgrade. Yeah, I think people forgot about Correa just because he spent the year with the twins. twins. Maybe. Mm-hmm. All right, Lou. Who is an unsung hero? I got to go with Jason Avant. Jason Avant. I think he made a lot of clutch plays for the Eagles. Unsung guy didn't get a lot of headlines. Okay. Come up with a lot of clutch third down receptions, and right. he stands out to me as one of those type of players. All right, certainly good at what he at good the dude. role he filled. Good dude too. Um, I'm not sure that those Eagles teams that he was on were good enough. Uh, he was on, for instance, the 08 team that got to the NFC Championship game, but that was a wild card team. I don't know that the the quality of the teams he was on raises him to the level that we need him to be. You know who is an unsung hero from that era but is disqualified by the nature of what he has gone on to do afterward? Ike Reese. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Ike Reese was that really good role player who yeah. made some big plays. Whatever happened to Ike Reese? I have no idea. Bad guy. Bad no, guy. He's, he's a great guy. <laughs> Mike, Mike and Mar- he's going to hear that, you know. Mike I and Marlon, hey, you're, you're on with the uh, Hey. Hey, Mike. Um, so I was initially, for my unsung hero, going to say Bernie Perrant, which uh, your producer was going to say what? some backlash. Ber- but wait, what? Uh, wait, wait. <laughs> I'm, I'm a young kid, I'm 23, but there's a story that comes with it. My dad worked with uh, Bernie um, for years because he always did golf outings with him mm-hmm. uh, for insurance. And one of his most memorable stories that he would say was he was on the elevator and there was like a group of people and they were like, oh, wow, that flyer's ring. Man, where did you get that at the gift shop? Like, is that a is that for the the number one the number one parent? Like, where do you get that ring? That's so cool. Oh, like, parent, number one parent because wow. it's got his name. Oh my god! But but my <laughs> I know it's just a great story. But my unsung hero has to be Corey Clement because four catches in the Super Bowl for over a hundred well, yards. I got bad I news for you, was, Mike. Ah, oh. came up earlier. Unfortunately, oh, really? yeah. Sorry about how that. How about? Pal. Oops, no, we we can't do. How about now? The idea of Bernie Perron. Well, he's twenty three. True, but who may have had better seasons, particularly in nineteen seventy three, seventy four, than any Philadelphia team sport athlete has ever had before or since being unsung, is just. Not what we're looking for. So Bernie is a is a good friend of mine, Bernie and Jeannie. I've yeah. I've had the opportunity to become really close friends with him and 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 love them. And he is the nicest, 
people say, who's the nicest guy you ever met in sports, mm-hmm. right? Because like, yeah, they nice guys or they jerks, and right. you we've met both. Oh yeah, and we've also met guys who like try to be nice guys, but they're kind of jerks. Yes, Bernie and his wife Jeannie are the nicest people I know. Superstars or not, and mm-hmm. he is, as you say, a superstar in the history of ever. That's cool. Ever, I would the the nicest guys I ever met doing this job and being a reporter and so on. Bernie, Dale Murphy, um, Reggie White, um, that, that kind of tops. Charlie Manuel. I just met one who's incredibly nice, and I'm working on a piece about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he'd probably be unfamiliar to most of our audience, but his name is Tim Meza. He's a left-handed pitcher for the Blue Jays. Yeah, M-A-Y-Z-A. Yeah, he yeah. is from Upper Perky Yeoman okay. and a Millersville alum. And uh, just incredibly nice. And and anytime you encounter somebody like that, especially in kind of the modern era, you're always pleasantly surprised. Nice. All right. I am. I apologize to the callers we didn't get to. We uh, actually, you know what? Just real fast. Let's let's get their uh, unsung hero because they hung. Uh, Greg, who's your unsung hero? Old one on the Flyers, uh, Brad Marsh. Brad, probably like. Yep. Brad Marsh is a good name. Let's go, John. Who's your unsung hero? Yeah, um, only played on one losing team in 12 years with the Phillies, Secretary of Defense, Gary Maddox. Gary Maddox is a very That's a really good, one, good one, as a matter of fact, but we'll see who won. By the way, this hour is sponsored by Meridian Bank, business banking at its best. Visit them at meridianbank.com. All right, it's time for what we forgot to talk about with Kyle Quinn. Kyle, first off, you have had the opportunity to hear all of these great names today. Who's the winner? Yeah, so it's funny. I think people on Twitter understood this assignment a little bit better than the callers, which usually the opposite is the case. I think I'm going to have to give it to Nancy and Joe Blanton. Joe Blanton's one of my guys, and uh, I I agree with both of you fellas that the Phillies definitely do not win in 2008 and give me my only Phillies World Series title of my lifetime without Joe Blanton. So I'm going to give it to Joe Blanton. Congratulations to Nancy. You win a $50 gift card to Scheib Sports. There's a story in every stitch. Visit them at their downtown location or their new spot in Wayne or at ScheibSports.com. Enjoy that, Nancy. All right, Kyle, what did we forget to talk about today? All right, so we did mention the Flyers, but uh, tonight in particular is a reunion with our old buddy, Claude Giroux. Returning with the Ottawa Senators, and uh, they're going to give him a nice little tribute video uh, before the game tonight. It is. He deserves a tribute video. Uh, he was a terrific player here for a long time. Unfortunately, I think he became a symbol of what has become one of the worst eras, if not the worst era in the franchise's history. It's a shame. Very good player, um, but you know, never got to taste the success that the franchise was known for before he got here. Yeah. You go and you give him a, a hearty uh, uh, farewell tonight. All right, what else? All right. Uh, this one was kind of weird and unexpected, and uh, not to rehash bad memories here, but uh, the Houston Astros did just win the World Series and then proceeded to fire their general manager, yeah. James Click. Uh, yeah. What, what's going on with that? I don't know. I mean, it, it sounds like everything of you know ownership versus uh, that and who's taking credit. They I'm, only offered him a one-year contract. I know. Let, let me put it this way. This guy's going to be on the market for about 10 minutes. Yep. Yep. And if the Phillies didn't have Dave Dombrowski already, you know, you'd say, holy cow, that's exactly the kind of executive you'd want running your team. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what franchise is making changes. It doesn't occur to me off the top of my head. But, yeah, he will He will not be unemployed too long. Yeah. 
That is a great team. A lot of people deserve credit. You even mentioned Ed Wade, and yes, Ed Wade does get part of that. Uh, but they are a they they just find guys all they the do. time. They do. All right, what else? All right, I think we got time for two more. So just real quick, I want to throw this out there. It's not really news yet, but uh, it's being hinted at every single week, and it seems like the Cowboys really want to sign Odell Beckham Jr. What do you guys think? I don't know what he's got left. He hasn't played in a long time. He's been hurt. I, I think it's more circus for them. It is the consummate Jerry Jones move, signing the kind of player who gets people in our jobs talking about the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. It's exactly what that yeah. is. And, and, I, and again, I don't expect too much out of him, but I think Mike hit it on the head. And I uh, fell right into that trap there that Mike was Way to go, Kyle. Way to go. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Still waiting on my drum roll, by yeah, the way. Yeah, well, uh, it's not coming, so you're going to be waiting a while. <laughs> All right. Uh, you and we did talk about the ownership, and um, I, I just I, I can't resist. I need to throw this in because Jim Irsay and you know Dan Snyder, he's he's an entirely different entity. Uh, he's just a really bad guy. Irsay's just a little bit off his rocker here with this decision to bring in Jeff Saturday. But uh, if you guys want to hear a man who's confident in his decision, let's. Uh, I want to I want to play for you guys how Jim Irsay introduced or uh, started off his press conference the other day. Okay, uh, well, thank you, everyone, uh, for coming. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, we certainly um, um, are um, excited about uh, going forward with our future. Um, really sounds like it there. Uh, going forward with our future. You would have thought, Mike, that he, and by the way, put some blame on the PR department of that franchise because that's their job is to get him ready Give him one sheet of paper. Here's your opening statement. Go. Yeah. Bad. After that, you're on your own. But that was the easy part. Yeah, it was. Look, this is this is an interesting story to follow. One of the things that Ursay said. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.